0: The following program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of the sponsors. Broadway Media, Exactware, or any school district, their respective managements or employees.
1: Hey, Geek Show Podcast, welcome to it. And uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to this. And thanks to our sponsors for help paying for this party. Of course, I'm talking about Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. You can never miss an issue with the doctor's comprehensive hold service. With your hold, you'll get a 10% discount off purchases over $20 and a monthly preview catalog for free. They're open seven days a week, 2043 East, 3300 South. I'll see you next Wednesday at Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. Also, don't forget our friends at Cabin Fever. Go up and say hi to Dave and tell him Geek Show says hey tickles the cockles of his heart Uh, they've got all kinds of crazy stuff for you located in the heart of trolley square at the corner of 500 south and 700 east it's cabin fever and of course you can support this show in a small way go to geekshowpodcast.com click on our merchandise tab and buy one of our fancy new t-shirts they're very nice quality and uh, part of the proceeds goes to pay the panel who don't get paid to do this show so uh, you can thank them that way with your new year's money how about that Here we go. On with the show. Geek Show podcast and welcome to it. This is a different episode. This isn't following our ordinary format today. So just a heads up of what you're going to get on this week's episode of Geek Show. It's like a Picasso. It's all fucked up. It's all fucked up. (laughs) Uh, And and some people enjoy that, I suppose. (laughs) Um, What you're going to get is, first of all, uh, we're going to go right into uh, a broken news feature that we recorded. uh, And then after that, we'll transition to the live X96 uh, radio morning show geek show came in on my radio program and we talked openly and on the air that yeah, was fun about all of the star wars theories and questions and all of that and uh, so that's what you'll get so some of you probably may not be familiar with geek show listening for the first time Ooh. hello hello <laughs> we swear here <laughs> shit <laughs> so you know so then after the radio portion of the episode then we go to uh the uh globetrotting jimmy martin <laughs> who's flying around the world to interview celebrities so you don't have to yeah <laughs> so I mean, it's a and, good time it is I'm and uh, so stay till the end after the radio portion that's where you'll hear the interviews jimmy has with the cast and crew of
2: 13 hours the secret soldiers of benghazi benghazi i can't talk <laughs> no is
1: this the, is this the michael bay movie this is
2: michael bay not transformers
1: i was gonna say ordinarily that would be a bad thing to say
2: i can't say anything right now oh okay but you can see my face
1: you're smiling yeah oh, yeah maybe okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get to it here you go let's get into uh, geek show podcast and broken news then the radio then benghazi here we go
3: top top get this to the printer he says you.
1: Yeah.
3: oh of course the rocket landed in the pie
1: face man moon's eye. Wux3, 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 I have an update. I'm old, I can't remember Are you? anything. I got an erection.
4: <laughs> if I'm gonna see
5: a movie, I'm gonna mean. need my lap
6: blanket. Gotcha. Lee
1: said he has a pretty good tolerance for porn. <laughs>
6: the following that's... series has been cancelled in
0: progress. GeekshowPodcast.com.
7: You okay, Shannon? <laughs>
3: Yeah, his wings are good. This
7: motherfucker, <laughs> this motherfucker is eating chicken wings right next to me. <laughs> I gotta pretend like I can't smell this shit. You lucky? I'm,
1: it's uh, ooh, look at that. I'm on I'm on oh, meal prep right now. He's man. right in he's I'm, right I'm, in your I'm, face. That's, that's
8: fine. it's cool. Oh, are those man.
7: baked or? <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs> you know they're baked.
7: This has been like the craziest like 20 minutes because I've been watching Shannon eat wings. I saw Kerry stick his hand up a rope. <laughs>
1: Stuck my hand up a robot's ass. He stuck his hand up a robot's ass. I did. did, and he
7: giggled the entire. <laughs> I giggled
1: the entire time because Tom Servo, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a special edition of Geek Show podcast. Uh, this uh, this portion is uh, ordinarily in the middle or toward the end. This is broken news, but because this is a special edition, we recorded uh, on the radio uh, on on uh, Friday. The uh, what day? Is it? oh, the man, eight, it's the, the eight. Eight. it's the, the eighth. eighth. The eighth, it's the eighth, eighth. Friday the eighth. Uh, we recorded on uh, on my morning radio show. What's oh, um, that called, Radio from Hell? Yeah, most of y'all came in. Uh, well, you had a the seven eleven. Well, like, we wanted I'm to have you learn shit. And uh, Tony, you know, is all the way in Utah County, so mm-hmm. it was hard for him to come up. But uh, the rest of us were on my radio show, and we did a complete, uh, filled with spoilers, on the radio live. Talked about the Force Awakens. Uh, was unable to take phones, which really pissed me off.
3: Because your delay was gone. Yeah, right?
1: because the delay was gone. What
3: the fuck? Uh, I your don't know. radio stations <laughs> like the Millennium Falcon. Do you ever just try fucking punching the thing? And I, see? That's how, That's my first resort. Is I usually <laughs> just.
6: But uh, did so, they tell you the odds of somebody swearing on the radio? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were.
6: Ne- never tell you the odds. No.
1: No. I was actually going to quote the number, but then I realized I I used to know that I. But every time I learn something new, I have to put old shit out. I have to push it right out. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we we took emails and we got stacks and stacks of emails. Somebody was telling me says we get more. We got more stacks of. Uh, of emails regarding that show than we do like things that must go and things like that. So I was pretty
9: proud of that. Well,
1: so Carrie, okay, thank- nobody
3: cares about this show. Exactly. We thank should you- be completely ignored by yes the billionaire that owns you. So thank you for stepping up. <laughs> 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 thank you for stepping up, Geek
10: Show fans.
1: And uh, let's see. So uh, broken news here. We got uh, Jay Whitaker has joined us here, of course, uh, Shannon Barneson, and uh, the bringer of Servo. Uh, how how mysterious do we have to be about this? You can talk about me all you want.
6: Okay. We don't need to bring my employer. Andy moment. Dalton. Yes.
7: Andy Dalton is here. <laughs> in the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> they back together. Right.
6: You, yo. Uh, football.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best uh, football kicker. Yo, uh, what am I? It's a I quarterback. Quarter-
6: man, I can throw the ball like a motherfucker. Right? <laughs> all right. You say motherfucker now? No, Lee told me not to. Okay, that's right. But I wasn't here when he said it, and he's not
1: here to say it. It's true. That's true. Uh, Joe Reedy, who is uh, my uh, my my robot drug dealer, uh, (laughs) (laughs) he he, uh, had through his connections uh, got me a uh, a life size working Tom Servo Mystery Science Theater robot. It and looks
6: just like it. It's amazing. It's it's amazingly. No, no, it's a completely authentic. It's got the yeah. the, 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 the provided gumball head. Uh, yep. Plaster hands. It, the it, everything. There. The, the
1: hover skirt. The whole thing. It's. it's <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled with it, uh-huh. and I will write you a check right now, sir. Sixty portions. I, I <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we'll we'll do we'll do a few uh, stories
6: here. I just gotta let story. you know that. Yep the funniest thing happened to me today. I was sitting in a job interview with somebody and they heard you guys talking about everything on the radio. They brought it up to me. She said, and then... I wasn't, I Carrie's not my favorite person on their show, but they he started talking about radio, or he started talking about Mystery Science Theater, and he's getting in this Tom Servo robot. And I was like, oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm interviewing this person. I said, do you want to see something cool? And I'm like, this is the robot <laughs> right here. I'm, I'm bringing it over tonight. Cool. She was, She was kind of completely blown away. That's funny. It's funny. Uh, yeah.
1: But anyway, we're going to do a few uh, new stories here, and then we'll get to that uh, pre-recorded radio portion. That'll, Let's do it. Let's be it That'll be, be, your, do that'll it, be man. your episode today. And, and so next week it'll be. Uh, uh, more of a regular geek show, just so you know.
3: As <laughs> regular as it gets.
1: Regular as it gets. All right, uh, let's start with some Star Wars.
3: What the I fuck? Know. God damn it, Carrie. It's all about the Jesus Star Wars. Jesus Christ, right is now. there nothing more than
1: Star Wars? It's, the, but,
7: war. it's but, the war on
3: terror. But you remember. I'll go to see it again tomorrow, by the way. Seven fifteen. 7 15. You remember. Sugar
1: House. Uh, The, the stormtrooper, the riot control stormtrooper. Uh-huh. Tater. Tater.
6: No, no, Trader. T-R-8-T-R.
1: Yeah. No, he's Tater. Yeah. They've been calling him. Well, actually, we found out he actually has a name and a backstory <laughs> Yeah, Is yeah, yeah, this Skip? This is canon. Oh. Okay. I like Skip. I, I was know. hoping <laughs> it would be Skip. I like Tater. But his official name, and a lot of this stuff, if you have a question about what's canon and what's not, uh, the Star Wars website has a lot of that information. If you want to know what the books are that are canon and all that, it's all on the Star Wars website.
3: It's a Geek Show podcast naming him Tater. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> his name is FN two one nine nine. His name is fucking
3: two one nine nine.
1: Yeah, because you remember Finn's twenty one eighty seven. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like they
7: were in he the used same to be class. Twenty one eighty seven. Oh, so he's number twelve after he twelve after.
3: But he
1: is in the young adult novel Star Wars Before the Awakening, trained with Finn. That's him.
4: Uh-huh. So
1: it's it. This is canon. That's his name. Greg Rucka wrote that.
3: But Finn, we call him Finn. Let's just call that guy Tater.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he says, uh, but Greg Ruckus says that's, that explains why he seems a little extra angry upon seeing Finn during the attack on Maz's castle because they were in the same class together. So that's.
3: I can't wait for the novel that explains why C3PO's got a red arm. That's so exciting. It is a
1: one-shot comic that you're going to
7: get. Really? That
3: oh. is no shit.
1: That is happening.
3: Carrie, have you met my friend Chata Fuck Up? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. One more Star Wars story. This Jesus one will, this Christ, one will, Carrie. this nothing else I, I asked for it. we've been talking it. about for oh, months well, on
3: the goddamn show. This, this for one, like a year.
1: This one will piss you off.
3: Oh, that's hard to do. I know. Go for it.
1: Online men's
3: right activism group Return of Kings. All oh, these fucking twats. You fucking twat waffles. Go for it.
1: <laughs> no, this is what I, I, mean, I. I've read this. This is what I wanted.
3: Fucking assholes. <laughs> uh,
1: they claim that their boycott of The Force Awakens cost Disney four point two million dollars in ticket sales.
3: They this fucking is what they're showed
1: them. They calculated the cost of their proposed boycott using a Twitter poll that suggested. 55% of their followers avoided the film because of the social justice nature.
3: I would I would say that 35% of them avoided it because they don't have any money because they don't have a fucking job.
1: <laughs> go ahead. Uh, the group called for a boycott of, uh, of it because they identified the film as SJW propaganda. Social justice warrior propaganda. <sighs> Used the term. It's, it's a bad term on the internet, apparently. Um, the problem that they had, according to them, the group...
3: Uh, it was the black guy, the girl, and the yes. fucking. Uh, it says fucking dude. simply
1: it's non white and female agenda because of Ray Ooh. and Finn. Uh, the figure of. And four we don't
3: p- trust that one robot, guy. he rolling around. <laughs> Rod, you don't trust no one that rolls except for you, Gleeplop. You're one of the good ones. You're one of the good ones.
1: <laughs> the figure of uh, 4.2 mil was reached by counting the number of people who read their site, uh-huh. 900,000 in November and December. Now, keep in mind, because it was in the news, people like me went and read right, their side. Right, exactly. Because I had to check it out. Calculating 55% of that. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> and multiplying it by $8.38, the average price of a ticket. Sure. So, they said, domestically, that's what they cost the movie. They say it was $4.2 Forbes immediately responded. Forbes magazine has said... Well, 4.2 million, uh, million amounts to less than 1%.
3: I was going to say, <laughs> Disney has 4.2 million fucking in change in their
1: couch. And that's just domestic. Internationally, it's .003. Fucking pricks. Which, you know, <laughs> Disney just went, whatever.
3: Yeah, it drives me fucking... And, and I was... When we were talking about this earlier, yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, I don't agree with it at all. I think these people are fucking morons, and I wish they'd all yeah, choke on their own vomit. Exactly. But... I'm like, I guess I can see where they're coming from because the old one white guy that was in the movie got fucking killed, <laughs> you know? But, and in, in, in the really,
6: really you think so about so it, stupid. but <laughs> the first thing he said is this goes a long way to make things right, and then yeah. he gets killed. I mean, I, yeah, I, I yeah, do yeah. have a point.
7: So that's, so that's what it is now. It's instead of the black guy getting first yeah. killed in the movie, it's, 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 the, old guys it's the older white guy. Yeah.
1: Uh, these are the same assholes who called for the boycott of Fury Road, Mad Max, because uh, Charlize Theron. They said, "Look at that, all these vaginas in it,
3: goddamn. This it.
1: is what this is what. And they those said. cars ain't even American. <clears throat> no, this is what they said. This is the Trojan horse feminists and Hollywood leftists, who used to vainly insist on the trope: women are equal to men in all things, including physique, strength, and logic. Uh, that's the co- That's 2016. Where they? I just m- wanted to say it's 2016. <laughs> And we still got that primitive thing. Where are them,
3: uh, where are them new Ghostbusters gonna uh, trap those ghosts in their yeah. vagina? Yeah, yeah. they stu- They can't trap can those I, ghosts. Can I tell you Vagina,
1: I stupid think, vaginas. I, I think I'm getting a huge crush on Kate McKinnon.
3: I think you're out of luck on that one,
1: yeah. personally. Yeah, I know. I,
3: think she I placed, just, I think she plays for the other team. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I think so. I don't know that. Okay. I don't she's care. She's funny as hell, though. She if is seen my that, favorite if, thing right now. Oh, if, you, is... if you've seen that skit where Ryan Gosling could barely hold yes. his shit together with oh, the aliens.
1: She fucking kills me, man. She <laughs> is one of the most talented people out there right now. I just can't get enough of her.
3: Where she's like, I was, <laughs> well, yeah. she said, "She uh, so there I am up on top of the, <laughs> on top of the Long John Silvers <laughs> with my coot coot and my prune shootout. <laughs> Coot coot. Her coot coot and yeah. prune shoot. Anyway, all right, because her pants got thrown in the tree by the aliens. By the aliens.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, you remember that uh, live-action Teen Titans series? Yeah. Fuck it, that's dead. Yeah, it's just it's. TNT president Kevin Riley. What are you got? What are you sorry, doing? Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> TNT president Kevin Riley announced that he uh, he has decided to pass on the series. Uh-huh. Uh, he said, "We just decided." It wasn't quite where we wanted to go. Right. It
3: seemed entertaining, so we yeah. fucking cut. Well, it.
1: that's the thing. This guy's new, and one of the first things he did was he came in and he canceled Rosolian Isles and Legends, and you know he's he's decided that he's yeah. going to make the the network in his own vision. Yeah, he's like,
3: hey, let's. You know. Here's the thing: people like this shit. No, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Now I, I read a little thing, and I don't know if it's true that maybe CW will pick it up because it was yeah. Lanny it's, it's the fucking it's, Flash yeah,
1: exactly it's not like it's dead completely yeah. it's just it's, it's, TNT was championing it and
3: can I just I gotta say something yeah man. fuck f- f- hmm? Supergirl still is fucking good alright Supergirl's fucking good and there's been this whole backlash against it since Jessica Jones And I don't understand I don't understand. They're two different things. They're two different things, but they're like, Oh, after watching Jessica Jones, I can't I just can't watch this nice supergirl. It's it's the
1: supergirl is
3: is 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 a clearly
1: different. Oh yeah,
3: and it's it's good and now that they've spoiler alert, fuck you, I don't care. Yeah. Now that Martian Manhunter is on there, uh huh. It's so amazing. Like and he's so they they do he looks so cool. And I don't watching, overuse yeah. them.
1: It's awesome. I, the st- the show is is good for for what it is, and it, it services its audience. It, it's it's clearly not for me, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going to continue to watch the show because I want to see what they do.
3: Yeah, I
7: still um, need to.
1: They're catch gonna
3: have that. Bizarro. They're gonna have Bizarro Super. That's on another thing I heard. I yeah. want to see
1: Super how they Girl? handle it. Yeah, it's it's clearly not for me, but
3: I'm gonna c-
1: stick around. And even, even for it, me, you know? you know, I love it, and I yeah. sit
3: there and I go. So I'm just supposed to believe that her cousin isn't going to show up when there's fucking nineteen Kryptonians there to kill her?
1: I was going to ask yeah. you about that, but I didn't yeah. want to. be I just pretend. I just mean, go. I want. He just
3: wants her to work it out. I didn't want to be an asshole about He's it. He's confident. He's you know, he knows that
1: because uh, he because you know in in Man of Steel he just had three of them. You know, <laughs> there's like nineteen of them, and now she's got nineteen, and she says, "I got this. I got this." <laughs> she
3: she she gets on her, and that's what I love is like he'll show up, and is either all blurry, Superman, or she's like on her phone on. Uh, Facebook messenger going, yeah. no, it's cool, Clark. I got this. I got this. It's okay. <laughs> and he's like, Are you sure? She's like, Well, you know, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. it's okay. Just don't worry about me, Clark. <laughs> I didn't I mean,
1: I didn't want to be the asshole bringing that up. Oh, no, Jesus Christ. Right, I'm okay. not a moron. Okay. I'm like,
3: <laughs>
1: uh, Let's see other things that are uh, happening, slash, uh, not happening. Tales from the Crypt
3: uh-huh, is, yeah.
1: is coming back, uh, but you won't get the Crypt Keeper.
3: Well then, it's not coming back, sir.
1: Well, no. What,
6: what are they going to use to replace the crypt keeper? Are they just and nice Shyamalan.
1: I I can't answer that question. They're replacing him with the crypt keeper. <laughs> huh? I got your attention now, don't I? Tales from the Crypt is an old comic book from the fifties. Right. There was a character called the Crypt Keeper,
3: and he looked a lot different than the one. But he didn't
1: look like the skeleton guy that y'all know from the HBO show. If
3: I remember right, he had like really long hair and like one big eye. And and they said uh,
1: that this show will be uh, highlighted by an old man with a cane wearing a hood, keeping warm by a fireplace. It's the if you look it up, you'll see what the Crypt Keeper uh, looks like from the comic book, and that will be. You're and we're
3: guaranteed that's gonna be good because Emma, La- I'm non- not Shamalama Ding Dongs, yeah.
1: I was gonna because he's not doing it, he is no, doing he it, he is doing that,
3: he's completely involved,
1: he's totally involved.
6: I'm so, sorry,
3: it's like sorry, every fucking Joe. episode, we're like, oh, you shit, know what, I twist. was
6: what was that show, the, the one on Fox, uh, Pines, oh, Wayward Pines. I, I had no interest in it, my wife made me watch it at the end, I was like. Fuck. This is the worst <laughs> fucking show. Oh, you didn't like- I was so pissed off at that ending. Okay. Oh, that, that pissed me off. It's a I'm... twist. a <laughs> uh,
1: <the>
6: twist? <laughs> it's a twist. The M. Night
3: Shyamalan. I still twist. love it. The best thing ever. What? Jeff Weiss tried to shit on his fucking- On uh, his driveway. On, on his driveway. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't do it, but still took a piss. Yeah, took a piss on On it. M. Night Shyamalan's- uh, Driveway. Driveway.
7: Like, I- he tried to take a shit.
3: He wanted shit on I mean, it, but he, he just get performance anxiety. performance anxiety. because I think, like, Eric Tomorrow and, yeah, from like, that older. mediocre <laughs> show is that <and> shit. <laughs> but, he,
1: but he did get a piss out. Did he? Yeah. He couldn't relax the sphincter enough to <laughs> drop one. It he
7: should have went to Del Taco beforehand.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, now, this is good. This is interesting. I like this, because it's a director I like, and he's got a great vision, and it's an old movie that I like. Fantastic Voyage. Okay, this has been kicking around Hollywood for oh, a yes, while.
3: Where you go inside the body. Where you go inside the body.
1: Inner Space. Yeah, Inner Space remade it. Mm. Martin but, Short. But this one is uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh,
3: fucking! it. You're
1: fucking kidding me?
3: He's looking at
1: it. So he's going to develop it. Uh, very. That's very fucking
3: cool, incredible, man.
1: Very cool, though. All right, so the, that's exciting to me. I'm, I'm happy. Can I that.
3: announce my one that I'm all excited about? What's that? They're bringing back my spirit animal, dude.
1: <laughs> See, I was hoping to surprise you with the story. You already are knew. you fucking
3: kidding me? You already knew. So. HBO, yeah, is bringing back. Uh, they're going to do a Deadwood movie.
7: Oh yeah, we yeah we talked yeah about and it. tie so, it all we, up. We, we talked about this my, this morning. That means
3: my my goddamn spirit animal, spirit elsewhere. Uh, Alice Al-Swearingen. yeah, cocksuckers.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's all you know? kept
3: saying. There's like three minutes of us saying that. In the- oh, the, I
1: can't wait. Go it's, if you haven't seen it. I mean I'm not a fan of westerns but I loved this. I think I'm going to go it back was, and rewatch it all. It was just two seasons and you can get them like on it, disc I, or something. I, sure I'll, I'll bet three? Jimmy's got it. Okay.
3: I thought it was just two. If you have HBO Go yeah. or if you have HBO you can just yeah. watch them all.
1: Or go to Jimmy Martin's house.
3: Goddamn. <laughs> Calamity Jade, I hope she's in it. Yeah. She had my best She like be, Al Swearingen had all my favorite lines. Mhm. But she had my one of my favorite lines. When she got in that hot bath and she sat down, she goes, Oh, goddammit, I burnt my snatch. (laughs) That's the kind of show that it is. So good.
1: That show was, it was like Shakespeare of curse words. Oh, it's so good. You know, some of the the most vile cursing, but done in a beautiful Shakespearean way. The the language, the way it was written on the show, it wasn't like a, it was its own kind of special delivery. It was like a Shakespearean kind of. What was the.
3: I can't Chinese guys, The Chinese guy's name was Wu. Woo. And he was trying to explain God to Swearing that the, the, the drugs, his, his his heroin got stolen or whatever, right? Yeah. And he's like, cocksuckers, come take the fucking dope. <laughs> and and Swearingen's like, ah, I don't get it. What are, you, what are you trying to say? Cocksuckers. And he's like, so you're trying to tell me some cocksuckers. <laughs> so good. The word <laughs> cocksucker is used in that about. It's a drinking game. Yeah. It's a You'll drink. go blind.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you will. I swear to God.
6: It's not even a joke.
3: Th- three
6: seasons, so three yeah. seasons of uh, playing that game. That'd
1: I thought it was just two, but it's three. Look it up. Just, yeah. just looked it up.
6: Right. Remember when he it had? The, remember okay. when
3: he had? The Indians' head in a box, that yes. Indian chief's head, and he was and,
1: talking to him. And
3: he'd sit out on his patio, like on his on his balcony of his of his <laughs> place. He's like, "Well, you know, chief, these cocksuckers just don't know how good they have it. <laughs> it's so fucking good." Ian McShane, man.
1: There's a there's a whole. Speech that one of his henchmen gives about whether peaches should be served on the table—it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, okay, Daredevil is uh, coming in uh, March. Uh, Daredevil yes. season two, March eighteenth. Yep. So there's that. Um, let's see. Uh, Xander Berkeley is joining The Walking Dead. He will be playing Gregory from right. the uh, Hilltop Colony. If you read the comic book, that means I quit, something to cause you.
3: I, the comic was going to make me kill myself. Yep.
1: Uh, oh, and I got this story for Jay. It's a whole story about how Netflix and DreamWorks Animation are getting together and doing a lot of stuff. But one of the things that they're going to bring back is a new Voltron cartoon.
3: I saw that shit. That, oh, my God. I saved that just
1: for you. Like I... Oh. So you're going to get a new Voltron
7: cartoon on Netflix.
3: <laughs> that's going to please Egg as well. Egg, yeah. Egg likes yeah, me, giant and Egg, robots. me
7: and Egg fucks with Voltron hard.
3: All right, that's good. Oh, speaking of Netflix, yes. shame on you, America. Why? For what? What do we do? Haven't you seen? No, what do we do? What the most popular movie of the most viewed movie of all time? Now we
1: can talk about this if you want, but go ahead.
3: Oh, let's fucking talk about all right, it.
1: Go ahead. Give me the fuck on oh, Netflix. I... The most
4: viewed go movie ahead. on Netflix is Because I
1: can make you feel better about this. Go ahead.
3: The Ridiculous Six. Now here's the thing.
1: Now see Adam Sandler <sighs> thing. Netflix does not release their numbers. Okay. They could be lying to cover a bad decision. That's my theory.
3: Now, so what is? The, I'm gonna side with America's
6: stupid. Okay, what what is the number that they're saying? So is Netflix? Saying they're not that saying
1: the, the number. I don't think that they're giving a number. They never Can release numbers. They're notorious about it. Yeah, they're saying it's it's the most viewed. I don't believe most that.
6: movie most viewed
3: movie of all last year. Yeah, it makes On me Netflix. pissed because I watched it twice just yeah. to make sure I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, is I this as
3: shitty as I think this is? I
1: don't believe them. I think they spent okay. a shitload of money on Adam Sandler, and no one is watching that, and they're gonna tell you that so that you'll go, Well, maybe I should check it out.
7: I keep seeing it. I keep seeing it, and I'm like,
3: nope. nope, yeah, nope.
7: I can find something. I don't know else anybody better. that's
3: watched it. I don't know anyone
7: yeah. that's watched. You know what? I should do A good Young test
3: yes. for me uh-huh. would be to
1: ask the kids at the Sev. Ask the kids at the Sev next time. Come back uh, next week with a report. I will. All right.
3: Uh, let's Do you see. think Adam Sandler has a monkey paw? He must. He
7: must. The three wishes. Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, look at look at it some sort of evil power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's
1: see. This is. Uh, have you ever read uh, Superior, the comic book? Either one of you guys? Ah. Uh, who Superior? wrote it? So, I say it? Say who wrote no, it. Superior. It's, oh, okay, it's no. Mark Millar. Yes,
3: no. I. Uh, Jeffy. Uh, made Jeffy, me read had that. you read it? Uh, because they're. Uh, <laughs> Jeffy had me read it.
1: <laughs> uh, because they're uh, uh, writing a script, adaptation. For superior, it's and about. It's
3: basically an a- evil Superman, right?
1: This is the. It says here it's a Mark Millar uh, superhero comic about a young boy diagnosed with MS transformed into his favorite hero. So maybe that's a different one. Oh yeah, I haven't read that one. Okay, uh, let's see. Flash uh, is confirming that uh, they're going to get a uh, an Arrow crossover with just Diggle.
3: And, oh boy, everybody's screaming for that. <laughs> well,
1: but he's coming over to help the Flash. To deal with King Shark. Just for you.
3: <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it even though Diggle's on it. Even though Diggle's on <laughs> it.
3: He's going to be shown up there in his baby <laughs> head-shaping fucking helmet. And... <laughs>
1: and finally this. His I, Magnot Nito out at, at helmet. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, this is not a joke. In May... Did you know adult coloring books are a thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. I had
1: no idea. I, yeah. <laughs> so when I was up at. Because I, I found the story and I asked my wife about it and she goes, oh yeah, our friend uh, Sue, she, you know, she does yeah. it. No. Oh, uh,
3: and I'm like, okay. When I was up at the uh, Mangler family cabin. Yeah. Uh, up at Fish Lake. Well, we were. it was the weirdest thing. We are like sitting around playing Uno. Some people are like colored in their fucking adult coloring books. Really? I was I was making Star Wars uh, snowflakes. Mm-hmm.
7: They, yeah. a, they have a Deadpool one at, at Doctor Bolt's right now.
1: Well, there is now going to be a coming in May a Walking Dead adults coloring book for sixteen dollars. So Might I just point out though that the comic book itself is black and white. I was so going to say every color, yeah. every
6: issue of so that comic is a coloring book know, if you so want it. Uh, or
3: you could go crazy uh, on that. technically, go buy a comic, uh, a, a real coloring book for fucking three dollars, you dumb. Skull. Or there's that. Have you ever seen it where people will they'll go and they'll take like a regular comic, uh, like a regular coloring book? Mm-hmm. And they'll fucking color it so it's all fucked up. Those are the best. Oh god, it's so funny. I think that's what I'm gonna start doing.
6: (laughs) You Get like a picture of the Little Mermaid, and like the next like picture is like you know Eric like slicing up all of her buddies, and she's all terrified, and so she's drawing all the lines.
1: (laughs) All right, that's what I got. Uh, Yeah. What What what, what do you guys uh, have? Any recommendations before we throw to the radio show?
7: Shit. I I might. Man, just read some shit, y'all. (laughs) Reads. <laughs> oh,
1: I, I'm, I'm back. I'm telling you, I've been, the vision? I've been crowing about the
7: vision. It's, I just bought, picked up three Cause, today because
1: issue three is out today. Yeah, I just it, picked it up. It just get, keeps oh, getting better. Um, it
7: keeps getting better. Well, did you, re- you recommended, um, huh? Daddy, mm-hmm. Daddy, Spidey. Uh, oh yeah, Deadpool
1: yeah. Spider Man yeah. is uh, out this. Well, it was out last week. Yeah. By uh, the time
7: you hear this, it uh, is a continuing title. It's Deadpool
1: and Spider Man. Really funny. Yeah. Really funny. And if you buy that first issue, you get the first issue of Vision for free. Okay. It's in that comic. Well, which I already have.
7: Um I would say um I just read it, like, I'm about third way through it. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, two-thirds of the way through it. Um Star Wars Shattered Empire. I'm, oh, yeah. I, have we already recommended
1: it? Now, this is the comic
7: book? Yeah. It's it like, hey, hey, uh, everybody out there, did you just see Star Wars Force Awakens? You mm-hmm. got some fucking questions?
1: It, uh, well, the origin of one of the characters yes. that you wonder about is in there. Yeah, yeah, it's you a, find a, it, out about it, their pa- the parents. Yeah, of that it's character. it's very
7: well drawn. You, you you get to see somebody's yeah. you get to see somebody's uh, not to kind of have a crush on a comic, but you get to see somebody's hot mom, um, <laughs> and uh, you get to see some battles. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it's just got a lot of it's got a lot of cool shit it going was, on. It was just
1: like four issues, mm-hmm. and they're all out, yeah. so you could
7: pick I'm still them reading, up at once. But it's yeah. good though; Just real good. Yeah. I'd recommend that. It'll definitely answer some questions
3: mm-hmm. for you. Uh, a TV show. TV show. Okay. I, uh, I I don't know why I watched it. I, I don't know. Uh, that new show on Fox called uh, Cooper Barrett's Guide to Surviving Life. You really? know, I, I did. Because uh, it, it. it got horrible reviews. Well, Didn't. see, that's me. Uh, I loved you, it. Yeah. So.
7: <laughs> Sorry, Cooper. I, I saw nice it. Nice knowing <laughs> you,
3: fucker. The, cur- <laughs> the curse of Mr. B. <laughs> <is> <laughs> I guess you <laughs> won't be cyber- surviving the goddamn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I
7: saw it and I was just like, eh, eh, eh. Um, I was kind of pasted too. Uh, oh, uh, Ash versus Evil Dead
1: finished up beautifully. beautifully. Ah, I have yep.
3: to I have to catch up on that. Beautifully, um, a band I'm obsessed with.
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
3: Nathaniel Ratliff and the uh, and the, and night, the sweats. night Sweats. Holy shit! Yeah,
1: um, we we tried playing uh, Son of a Bitch on on X96. We we tried to force it down y'all's throat mm-hmm. and you didn't take it. Uh,
4: it's
3: a, that's a great song, but I will tell it's you, it's really good. Uh, uh, check out like well, I made a Pandora station.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, make a Nathaniel Ratcliffe or Ratliff or whatever. Yeah, and the Night Sweats Pandora station, and listen to the whole fucking album. It's good, Carrie. I'm telling you right now, I, I'm, I, you would dig the shit. You convince it. me. It's really, really you convinced
1: good. Convince me in the parking lot. I'm gonna have um, John the, Smith give me the, the a
3: Sob song. That's I heard we that initially. Trying. Like yeah. I told you, mm-hmm. I did hear it on X96. Yeah, and it was so refreshing to be like, this is a good song on X96. <laughs> so. <laughs> I had to find out who it was, right? And and the rest of those songs that that it almost sounds like a Blues Brothers song. Yeah, it really yeah. does, it, you know. It, yeah, it, it it could be. It's got yeah. shades of of Blues Brothers okay, in it, right? Yeah. And in fact, the video that they made for it is a total like tribute to the end of the Blues Brothers, where they're in jail, in jail, and they're doing the concert. Like at the end, it's like even going through, yeah. and they're all looking at the camera. It's never too late to mend. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's good. But the the album is just it's fantastic. So that's good. All right. Yeah. Cool.
7: Um, anything else yeah donate to (laughs) tracyaviary.org what I'm gonna keep plugging that shit man Uh,
3: what is that that an in joke from you fucking guys from this morning no he likes birds yeah I
6: like birds and shit man he said that last time I was over here like when I was sitting on the couch and he was like hey and he did a whole promo and had a he had excitable James recorded he likes birds and mountains he like recorded a commercial of him talking about it. He's like, yo, guys, like come on. Like, wait, wait, first of all, first of all and shit. was that
7: was that your impression of me doing like Uh-oh. yo?
6: Uh-oh. 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 Hey, I, I,
7: Is that how I sound?
6: It well, doesn't how it sounds, it was just me kind of telling the story how I sound.
7: But like, did I really say yo?
6: You might have, because
7: you were you were saying birds and shit. <laughs>
1: Uh-oh.
4: Uh-oh.
7: No, I'm just fucking with <laughs> <laughs> I was, trying to get a, I was trying to get a you people out of them. That's
6: all. I mean, people. That's,
4: that's um, all you like, people. I'm you know what? Single. Listen,
7: your people and my people, we're just
6: <laughs> anagrams of each exactly, other. Exactly. We are. Um, you know, there's a recommendation for anybody out here. <laughs> Tim mentions yeah, I know, yep. Prejudice. If you haven't seen that YouTube video, okay. please watch it's it. It's great. It's right. hilarious. Okay. It's, it's just a great song actually playing off of the... That that
3: Those the, those words, you know? Those
7: words. The words. The, the, yeah, the words.
3: I'm going to start uh, introducing Jay. He's like, hey, so usually if, I meet, if you meet like one of my friends, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, so this is my black friend, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> I always do that every...
4: Because no, it makes no. him instantly... And he was issued to
3: me. Yeah, no, like, 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 he's like, like they, they're instantly uncomfortable. This is my friend, Jay, who happens to be black.
7: Yeah. Do no, that one. No, I no. say it's my black friend, yeah, Jay. Yeah, he, he introduces me like I'm his fucking droid. <laughs> I'm
3: like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, this is my black friend, Jay, and I'm going to start going... He's like super into aviaries,
7: mountains, and ice skating.
3: And ice skating.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's
7: right. Oh, I got new skates. Santa got Santa got me new skates. Oh, good for you. Like I got new skates, man. So like, yeah. Who who wants to come fuck with your boy on the ice? Yeah.
3: You know what the Mangler got me? Mm-hmm. She got me one of the Sphero BB eight. Oh yeah? yeah. I suck so bad
10: again.
1: I got <laughs> him she should,
10: stuck. She should have known. You're so
1: because you can't video game. No,
3: I got him stuck behind the stove the other day, oh, and I no. had to use it. I had to use the broom to get him out.
1: That is the most pathetic picture
7: I have had in my head
4: <laughs> like, in a
7: very long time. I'm sorry, BBH. <laughs> like like <laughs> come on. Like that'd be the most fucked up thing. Like he never makes it. Ooh. He never meets up with Poe and everybody. Because I got just stuck behind got the fucking stone.
1: And and, and, <laughs> and, and and Shannon can't get him out and he just sits back there and cries.
7: Yeah. And then the whole empire goes days. to shit anymore. I had to move days the whole
1: days. stone. Er, days and days back there just
3: and then try to get him out. I got him stuck in this weird little space. It was so
7: hard. <laughs> yeah, that's fun.
4: I'm gonna
3: get the thing though. Did you see they're releasing the thing for it that you can wear on the, a on bracelet? The wrist. Yeah, it's a uh, and it's, you could like like you pretend like you're controlling the force. Yeah, it's it's
1: it's, it's like a it's Does like, that an ap- sound
3: fun, it like an app. Fun, Jason. Sounds great. This we could this both get one instead?
4: <laughs>
9: All right.
3: Yeah. Let's uh, let's take a
1: break and uh, we'll be back with the uh, radio edition of the Star Wars spoiler special.
3: Uh, Just going to warn you, I'm not on it, so fuck. Sorry, sorry. If you're you're here for the bee. Yeah. If you want that bee. (laughs) If you need the bee. If you need the bee. You need to be served the bee. (laughs) You got to
1: get the fuck in. He's not here. After these messages, (laughs) we'll we'll be right back.
7: Get your hand out that robot.
1: (laughs) Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. Let's see what they got in store for us in January. The Ghostbusters have begun... Their world tour from the U.N. building in New York to Venice, Italy. Ah, Venice. Read along as they uncover an ancient conspiracy in Ghostbusters International. Walking Dead will reach its climactic 150th issue this month. Discover the fate of Rick Grimes and what peril befalls him in this anniversary issue. And the Power Rangers have returned to comics. Journey back to the beginning as the Green Ranger joins the team for the first time. Marvel has two new number ones coming this month, Rocket, Raccoon, and Groot. They start a new team-up book, a mighty Marvel team-up. We also get the epic pairing of Marvel's greatest superstars, Spider-Man and Deadpool, in the same book, yes. You can never miss an issue if you use the Doctor's comprehensive hold service. And With your hold, you'll get a 10% discount off purchases over $20 and a monthly preview catalog for free. They're open seven days a week, 2043 East, 3300 South. I'll see you next Wednesday at Dr. Volt's Comic Connection.
9: At Fresh Eatery, we're on a mission. We want to change the world of food. If you can't pronounce the ingredients in your meal, you probably should need it. At Frisch, you don't need a PhD in chemistry to know what you're eating. Tasty sandwiches and wraps, wholesome soup, salads, and daily specials to power you up and keep you going strong. And if that's not enough, we've got a full-service coffee bar and decadent treats from Cakewalk Baking Company. Students get a 10% discount with their ID. We're open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. at 145 East, 1300 South, Suite 201. You can call ahead for takeout at 801-906-8277 or get delivery nearly anywhere in the Salt Lake Valley through toolazyforfood.com. Frisch Eatery, saving the world, one bite at a time.
1: From meek to geek to freak, Cabin Fever would like to thank all of their regular customers, as well as meeting their new customers who have recently discovered their store. And what an awesomely geeky lot you are. That makes Cabin Fever smile. While they've kept their original flair for the eccentric, you know, rubber duckies, unique wrapping papers and cards, and the original SLUT merchandise, they've also managed to add creepy horse masks, Salt Lake City-themed B-movie posters, and dragons and monsters handmade from actual nuts and bolts. Cabin Fever has, has expanded its licensing line to include Funko reaction figures and pop vinyl, film reference books from Roger Corman to Dario Argento, as well as brand new releases including Inside Edition's pop-up book from The Walking Dead, Snuggle Up with Daryl Dixon plushies from Funko's fabrication line, and it's a nice feeling when you buy local, and you all know it. Many benefits to our community and to each of us for choosing to buy local. While Cabin Fever has never claimed to have every little thing that your geeky hearts desire, It's always nice when someone comes in and finds something that they never knew existed. From action figure fembots to evil-knievel air fresheners, they always strive to please. Located in the heart of Trolley Square at the corner of 500 South and 700 East, it's Cabin Fever. If you have not seen Star Wars The Force Awakens, <laughs> I'm drunk already. Tune out. Just being in the room with my
9: dear friends. Oh, it's, the, it's the combined vapors. It
1: it's our
2: you know, breath.
9: We don't actually wow. drink on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's acting. Acting. Uh,
1: yes, uh, Geek Show Live on the radio, the special Star Wars Force Awakens live on air
9: edition. And now we finally have a lady in the room. And a lady?
5: Where? I'm so nervous. I don't see a lady. Well, when we did our recorded, you've always been a (laughs) lady.
9: When we did our recorded edition, I called
1: Gina and invited her, but she couldn't make it. So that's why she's sticking around now. She wanted to because she has questions. Everybody has questions about the movie. Here's here's the thing about the Star Wars movies. And remember, Mm -hmm. this is the first. I'm going back to the original. George Lucas, when he made the movie, didn't bother explaining an awful lot of things. No. He just dropped you in the middle of a universe, and you had to figure it out. J.J. Abrams, having schooled under the George Lucas model... At the feet of the throne. ...did the same thing. Mm -hmm. He's not bothering to explain a lot of things, not a lot of uh, exposition as you go about who this person is or why this person's motivation. He just dropped you in the middle and let you go. The problem with that is, is that a lot of people start speculating. Wildly. Wildly. (laughs) And I always say to them the same thing. It's better to let the movie happen to you Mm -hmm. as opposed to you going in and making the movie in your head, then seeing it, and suddenly it's wrong in your mind, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and you're confused and you hate it. it was I mean, that's I'm not what I
5: wanted. I'm not going to be disappointed if some things that I'm thinking aren't true. And maybe we reset a moment ago, but since this is yes. b- new hour, we're I think we need to over, reintroduce everybody we're and going start. To do from
1: that. Uh, we will uh, begin over here on radio. Right, Gina Barberi, everyone.
4: Hi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jimmy Martin, hello, film critic for the Geek Show podcast. Yeah, geekshowpodcast.com also writes uh, for Slug and. More importantly, host of the big movie Mouth Off, the cable TV sensation seen throughout the West yeah. on Xfinity. You can just pull it up. How many times a day is it on?
2: It's on four times a day.
9: All right. Soon to be 14. Yes. <laughs> Lee George Cade, everyone. Hi. Our Star Wars expert. And former KJQ intern. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> drove, Look at you now.
1: <laughs> drove violent fems from the airport or something like that. At yeah, the, I, guess, I, I
9: took their money. Yeah. <laughs> stupid sombrero. Uh, Lee George Cade you can see him uh, at Fresh Compassionate Eatery. Yep that's uh, corner of State and Main or <laughs> sorry State and 13th South. State uh, and 13th uh, South. Yeah, I'll be in the tofu costume waving as you drive by. <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome.
1: And Jay Whitaker has joined us as well also from the Geek Show podcast and uh, stand-up comedian
7: extraordinaire. What's up? Good morning. Follow me on Twitter at tokenj and uh, donate to the tracyaviary.org. <laughs> I'm the unofficial spokesman for the Tracy Aviary. I didn't so. know that. Yeah, like I love birds. <laughs> I want, like, I like when I die. I just want a statue of me holding a falcon. That's you, all. I oh, want. that's where all yeah, that. Comes this from this play. is
9: fantastic. Because one of my regular customers is the unofficial tour guide of the Tracy Aviary. <laughs> <Word>? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. He, he we does, does hang he does, out. He does renegade tours. <laughs>
2: when you ride in the car with Jay for ten hours, you find out that he loves birds and
5: mountains. Yeah, mountains, yeah, mountains, 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 mountains. mountains. Mount, yeah, uh, he, thank you for saying it that way.
7: Hey, Gene, right. I like your boots. Every your boot thank game is always on point every time uh, I come. Th- I-,
5: I felt like they were a little Han Solo ish for this morning. I see. So, let's, yeah, a little bit. All right. um, so I can start then. Yes, yeah, let's let's, made...
1: let's begin with the questions that you, whom we consider a sort of a pedestrian to the Star Wars universe. Let me warm up my Star Wars real quick. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, what uh, what unanswered questions do you have or speculations about the movie? What happened in the movie?
5: Uh, I'll start with Ray.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And my my thoughts that she is a Kenobi and my reasons for thinking she's a Kenobi are the following. Okay. <laughs> she has a British accent.
2: <laughs> Space what? Britain. You know, she's, she's on Jakku, <laughs> not England. <laughs> Space England.
4: <But> Space England. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: but her interaction when she's tied up and talking to the stormtrooper, mm-hmm. and is that Daniel Craig? By the way, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. which I love.
7: You can see his abs in in, this, in the <laughs> suit.
5: The way she interacts with him is is so. These aren't the droids you're looking.
1: For. Well, yes,
7: but that's every Jedi.
1: Every yeah, yeah.
5: But it comes to her Liam, without
1: training, though. Liam Neeson did that too.
5: But yeah. but it comes to her without training.
9: I think she's what? been trained
5: you think yeah. yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to not that we'll get to that why not we'll get to that i <laughs> think
9: she was being trained by liam neeson
5: <laughs> i mean quite <Qui-gon
7: laughs> he has a select um, set of skills
5: no don't skip over that okay. let's just do that well, now let's, yeah. well, why well,
1: do you think let's well let's start with your kenobi theory and i'll tell you why i don't think that is the case okay is because that would take an awful lot of explanation these movies are very simple it's more likely
9: she is luke's daughter and the story of Star Wars is the story of the Skywalker family dynamic. Yeah.
5: so and you t- a, you also think she's Luke's daughter very much yeah. so.
9: also getting into mythological cycles which all of these movies draw heavily from um, the the idea of duality between cousins mm-hmm. one being the dark, one being the light, and being conflicted between the two is uh, is a very strong mythological what, uh, theme that
2: as you say that though, you, you have mm-hmm. to explain cousins. Because that's well, another spoiler.
1: Well, but you've <laughs> well, so we, seen the movie. This is the spoiler then, show. So yeah. yeah. No, no, it's fine. If, I'm
2: just saying that like, we need to explain.
1: Well, you're only listening to this if you've seen the movie. Right. So we're not going to so bother yeah, if, with that.
9: If like. if she's if she's Luke's daughter, and uh, the British accent could be explained by if you uh, know the timeline being Kylo Ren kills everybody in the Jedi Temple mm-hmm. when he's about eighteen, and she's roughly five. So, and if her mom has the British accent, mm-hmm. and mom said, "Ah, crap, got to run away with the kid," yeah. And So she grows up with that accent and that voice. Okay, uh, that's that's where she hears that mm-hmm. and picks it up. And maybe maybe uh, Mark Hamill does a fake British thing you know, <laughs> when the cameras
1: are on.
5: Because I I noticed. Well, you're not
9: the first to make this uh, guess. Well,
1: yeah. This uh, you it's know, pretty obvious though. But it's it's it just seems awfully complicated. Okay. Well, the big complicated
9: I mean, theory being that Obi-Wan Kenobi, who was romantically involved with Empress Satine of Mandalore, had a child named Sabine Wren, and Sabine Wren grew up and had a child named Rey.
1: But that's in the Expanded Universe. It's not in the Expanded it's Universe. It's not in the Expanded That's the, expanded the current universe. canon. That is current canon. Yeah. So it, it's possible.
9: It is possible. That's that's the only way it could be possible, because Satine's the only person that Obi-Wan would have had the time to do anything with. <laughs> and she's she was established in the Clone Wars cartoon and killed. So
1: and these are the boxers in...
2: you're looking for. Unless
1: <laughs> yeah. there was some lot lizards on Tatooine. You know? Exactly, exactly. Right. Uh, so now, what, what? What else did you want uh, want to know?
5: about? Well, her? okay. So she's living in an at at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes,
5: and and then there's AT-AT. the big cra- the big crash. Star, di- Star
2: Destroyer. Mm-hmm.
5: Star Destroyer. Is that a, a battle we haven't heard about yet?
2: Yeah, uh, it is. That's a, a dope battle. Too. It's a battle actually from a video game called yeah. Battlefront. And you can play the Battle of Jakku. Battle yeah. of Jaku. Oh, it's, okay. dope.
1: it's 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 chronicling like the final fall of the uh, Empire, I, it's, right?
9: Yeah, it's about one year after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh the Empire basically gets together. They they Jakku has no significance other than the fact that they think if they can win one big battle against the the new republic, it will turn the tide. That they can they can turn things around and, and maybe get the sympathy that they need to continue. And because things went so horribly for them, their their whole fleet basically crashed down. Uh, They had to enter in with peace negotiations, and that's part of the reason why the whole First Order thing happened is they've got their own section of space that they've got cordoned off, and so they can sit there and fester for 30 years and start kind of a Cold War. That's basically what's going on at the beginning of this movie. Okay.
1: So there you go. Uh, The other one that I want to address really quickly here is because people keep sending me this meme. Hmm. This is from, uh, let's see, Benno. (coughs) Saw Episode 7 for the third time last night, noticed the similarity of the scars. Yeah. On Supreme Leader Snoke's head, they're in the same spot as Darth Vader's head when he took his helmet off.
2: Yeah. And he looks like he's burned.
1: Could Snoke be the spirit of Vader teaching Kylo Ren just as Kenobi trained Luke?
7: No. I don't, I don't, nah,
1: I don't think so,
5: but it'd no. be kind of cool. You think Vader is done? done yeah. Okay, Vader's I'm with you no, on that one.
7: B- I'm with you on Jimmy.
5: Vader's dead. Bader's 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 dead. Got to his be dead. body is dead. Yeah. But body, yeah. But Why do people- Obi-Wan's dead and talks to him. Yes. But
1: But we saw Vader's spirit well, not Vader's Anakin's spirit at the end of Return of the Jedi. He was not scarred in any way.
5: No, he actually
9: went back to his pristine form. Well he's, maybe uh, maybe the hate keeps him that way. They they experimented with that um, while they were building this movie. There's mm-hmm. a lot of concept art of because of, they were gonna bring Luke in halfway through the movie mm-hmm. and then they thought, uh, he's gonna be really powerful. So let's let's put him in at the end. So, But there were scenes where he's communing with the Force ghost of Anakin, and he keeps shifting back and forth between young, pretty Anakin to horribly scarred Darth Vader Anakin. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Luke is dual. He's dark and light, so he can see both sides of that mm-hmm. person's But the thing, uh, end of episode three, Yoda talks about how you have to get special training to see the Force ghosts. It's not something you can just do. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of getting into why Luke can see them, too. I think he was also trained pretty heavily before. So who do you think he is? Snoke? That's the question. He's, he's just a Duke. Snoke. He's just an evil <laughs> Duke. His name's Snoke. I think he's a parallel to Maz Kanata. I think that they'll get into that That because that's another thing Star Wars does is duality. So Maz yes. is this light side user that's been alive for a thousand years. Snoke is a dark side user. He's probably been alive forever. Not a Sith. No. So people stop calling him a Sith. He's not a Sith. Sith are a religious order. Mm-hmm. These are another kind. Now
1: again, this is all information that is- You're not a, just
9: pulling a, this out. No. no. This, is, this information
1: is available- it's it is it is considered canon in the new Disney Star Wars universe. Yeah, this is
9: all from either from the direct, the novelizations or the source material or StarWars.com.
1: And uh, this this is an article I got about Maz Kanata. The film does heavily hint that Maz can use the Force. The Visual Dictionary confirms she is indeed Force sensitive. Yeah. Hmm. Maz is familiar with the Jedi and had many Jedi acquaintances before the Empire, but never went down that path. That's a a
5: story for another time. She She's she's older than Yoda.
1: Yeah. According to the book, uh, the Visual Dictionary, instead she quietly used her Force abilities to keep her alive during her hundreds of years of adventures as a pirate. When Maz retired to Takodana in the wake of Palpatine's death, She began using her abilities openly, tracking four strong relics and collecting them as a safeguard, which led to her sensing Luke Skywalker's lightsaber
9: lost in the bowels of Bespin after the Empire strikes back and retrieving it for her collection. Which is another strong parallel to Snoke because his Knights of Ren are obsessed with old Sith artifacts, Mm -hmm. but Hmm. they they don't revere the Sith, they just revere Vader. I yeah. guess
5: I th- I think because he's Andy Circus and all hologrammy that <laughs> we're gonna find out he's really well a tight. character we already know that's hiding behind. I feel like, it, yeah, it's like, a it's like a Wizard of Oz. Of Oz, of Oz yeah, 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 that's that's the vibe I was getting from it.
9: A Could- Wizard of Oz vibe. They they established that mm-hmm. in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, with the giant thirty foot tall head of the Emperor. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 the ring sto- the story. The storytelling's always a ring. It's always cyclical. So it's always. It's already happened. It'll mm-hmm. happen
2: again. Do you think It'll he's the same same size as Maas? Uh, I think so. Like
7: he comes out all tiny. Yeah. I think so.
1: That's it, what I think, but I I have no evidence. He looked, he's
7: like tiny, like that little alien in uh, Men in Black. That was <laughs> yeah, Ryan's <there, there> <laughs> belt. There
1: was
9: yeah. a big theory going around that he was Darth Plagueis, the, the yeah. Let's talk about Pal, that. Too. Palpatine's master, and I don't think that's it either. I think that. He's going to be a new character that's probably been a puppet master that's been pulling the strings in a way. You think about the Emperor, right? Yeah. He was always pulling strings, Mm -hmm. and secretly, so that everybody thought whatever they were doing was their big idea, and chances are Palpatine was pulling the strings.
1: Well, Andy Serkis, who plays the character— was asked point blank, are you Darth, is it Plagius is how you say it? Mm. Or
7: Bane or what what do we keep talking yeah. about?
1: Uh, yeah. Are you that character? And he said, no, this character is completely new. Snoke is Snoke. <laughs> Snoke is Snoke. But of course yeah. it's
9: a J.J. Abrams movie, so everybody's like, oh yeah, and John Harrison wasn't con either. Wow. He actually is con. Yeah. <laughs> is con.
5: So, so we're 15 minutes in. I just want to take a moment and yes. remind people what we're doing. Good idea. Uh, special hour of the Radio from Hell show where we are spoilering, quite obviously, uh, and answering questions about Star Wars The Force Awakens. We have Geek Show panelists here. Yeah. This podcast will be available, actually, on Geek Show Podcast. It won't be yes. on Radio From Hell Podcast. Uh, so if you have questions, email them in. Don't call. Email them to radiofromhell at x96.com.
1: Here's one that has come up quite a bit uh, from Justin. Uh, it's the second half of the question that really comes up the most. It's, I was just wondering, why do people not like Kylo Ren as the bad guy? there's
7: <laughs> He's awesome. I, I think he's love great. him. He's whiny, but uh, he's, I still like him. He's terrifying. Is, yeah.
1: it, is it because that? To me, he's scarier than Vader.
9: Well,
4: with
1: that, v-
5: with that, Vader. People talking about people
9: that. talking about his fits and his temper tantrum. I've seen middle-aged men throw bigger temper tantrums over less. <laughs> so. I've From seen middle-aged
7: so men. It. i seen middle-aged men throw temper tantrums over how bad the prequels were. So shut <laughs> up. But Vader, while while evil no, was, I mean. was
2: still under control. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kylo Ren, I mean, he just loses it well, and that, and, at the drop of a hat. And
1: I had this conversation with a guy yesterday who uh, said, I wish he wouldn't have taken his, his helmet off. Oh, and I'm like, no. Nah. The, the two and, times that happened? Yeah. And here's why that it was a good thing that he did that. Think about Vader in the first film. Mm-hmm. Never took his helmet off. Kind of a one-dimensional villain, really. Yeah. I know we love and revere him. And kind of manic. And very and little screen time. Very little screen time. Where this villain... Because he's the new bad guy, we do need to know about him. Yeah, he's got the connection to Vader, so the fanboys are happy. And you want that moment on that bridge. If he'd left his helmet on, the death of Han Solo would not have had as much emotional impact. Because uh-uh. when Harrison Ford puts his hand yes. on the guy's yeah. cheek, exactly, and then falls, but you wouldn't he- have had that moment if he'd left his helmet on.
2: It's still one of the my, one of my favorite lines is when he when he goes on that bridge and he's like. Like that, and yells at him, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Take off that helmet. You don't need it. You don't need you it. You don't, don't need because it. Because
9: you're not you're not Grandpa. Exactly. Well, you the, know the biggest problem people are having is oh, these characters are also one dimensional, and you're forgetting because so many people grew up with all three of these movies already digestible. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. right there. You grew up with it. You watched it on mm-hmm. VHS. You watched it on DVD. The story arc you're waiting for, or that you keep thinking you already saw with the with the original characters, that's all. Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader, uh, for one. The character terrified Lucas. He thought the character was kind of weird and wasn't sure if people would take it, so they actually kept him in the movie as little as possible. It wasn't Mm -hmm. until people started freaking out about Vader that they said, oh, okay, we've got a lot more potential with him. Mm -hmm. He was kept off in the background Mm -hmm. because he was kind of, well, if you think about it, giant black robed character walking around. He wanted Grand Moff Tarkin to be terrifying. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was, that's why Peter Cushing. That's why you cast Peter yeah. Cushing. So it's it's funny. So yeah, you don't have your big well-established character with tons of pathos. but you know more about Kylo Ren in this first movie than exactly. you did about Vader in the first Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Hope. Well, I just I think he's a terrific villain.
5: That scene where he freaks out and wrecks the room and then says anything <laughs> yeah, else. That's my favorite line in the movie. Well, and people
9: keep talking about oh, oh, he's, he's not very good with the lightsaber. Well, uh, lightsabers are rare. They're really mm-hmm. hard to Find. Mm-hmm. He's most likely got the uh, Kyber crystal from Darth Vader's saber in the hilt of his sword. Well, who,
1: who uh, else? that I don't know, but we do know that the the uh,
7: it's exhaust right.
1: No, the uh, the the, sab- the
9: saber crystal is cracked.
1: Right, that is that is in,
9: and he's he's a know. Darth Vader fanboy, so it makes sense that go. he would have harvested that. Uh,
1: Disney remained quiet about whether uh, uh, it talks about the old expanded universe. It does talk about the reason that his un- his unorthodox lightsaber design. Uh, the saber housed a cracked crystal, hence its volatile beam, mm. and the need for cross guards to vent the energy. That's why
9: it is that hmm. way. Well, when you see Ray's flashback mm-hmm. to the the slaughter, mm-hmm. Kylo Ren's the only one of them. They show the seven knights of Ren, yeah, and they don't. They're not all standing there with lightsabers. He's no. the only one. So, you know, he's the only one that's got one, as far as we know. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be that they know. all have them. But people are like, oh, he's not a very good lightsaber duelist. Uh, he probably didn't have anybody to train him in the first place. Mm-hmm. Whatever training he got was on the academy with Luke doing his thing. Yeah. Um, also, he was fighting against an incredibly seasoned stormtrooper. People are like, oh, he was a janitor. No, he wasn't a janitor. If you've ever been in the military mm-hmm. or known anybody in the military, yes, you might have been assigned to do sanitation duty. But you're also a soldier, yeah. which means you were trained. And in his case, since birth, since birth. Mm-hmm. To, to do melee fighting, there's a book that actually establishes he was one of the most promising until they started killing mm-hmm. people. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing that. And then uh, we also spent an entire movie where people get shot by Chewie's bowcaster
4: mm-hmm. and fly mm-hmm. 20
9: feet. Yeah. This guy gets shot in the hip, takes and a knee, keeps on fighting, and just <laughs> takes a knee. Exactly. Yeah. Also, yeah, keep that in mind. He has been shot by
1: Chewie's bowcaster. He also is emotionally unstable, as we've established <laughs> right. earlier. So his concentration is not as good no. as you would like it to be. He, and he admits he needs more training. Yeah. From and Stokes. he's
9: a bit of a berserker. I mean, he yes. draws on the force like like your uh, mythological berserkers mm-hmm. from Scotland. You know. Uh,
1: back to his saber. the uh, description uh, describes Kylo's saber hilt as an ancient design dating back to thousands of years of the Great Scourge of Malachor, or more specifically, Malachor Five, which is actually old canon. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords, Mm -hmm. Uh, major. uh, it was a major planet in the Sith Empire, had powerful links to the dark side. Not exactly a confirmation that Knights of the Old Republic is canon, but there it is in the uh,
9: visual dictionary that is out now. It's (laughs) no more canon than the Thrawn Trilogy was for using the term Coruscant.
5: Exactly. You want to know my favorite line in the whole thing? Hmm? Oh, you're cold?
2: Yeah. (laughs) 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 Uh, Let's see. Chewie was one of my favorite characters in the whole film.
1: Yeah uh let's see uh, interesting character uh, uh, strong, uh strong as hell for getting shot by you okay there we go so that's that's what he was saying he ex- he ex- basically agrees with us about about kylo ren let's see um
5: we're taking email questions yeah. about star wars force awakens the spoiler hour <laughs> that's right <laughs> with geek show that's right everybody dies <laughs> eventually um,
1: Here's a question. Why can Rey understand so many languages? It's subtle, but she understands BB-8, Chewbacca, and others. Uh, from our friend uh, Threepio. Well, some of these questions just can't be answered. And you yeah. have to be okay with Yeah,
7: them. yeah. Also, it's not real. It's a movie. <laughs> uh, but, Idiots.
9: <laughs> go ahead. I know you got a... She was, she was dropped off in the armpit of the universe where it's... I think of it as like this uh, Tower of Babel type thing where all these people are on Jakku for whatever reason. So yeah. she can understand... Uh, the binary language of the droids. She can understand Wookiee. She can't speak Wookiee. Um, so why? Because she spent 13 years surviving on her own, basically. Mm-hmm. It's
2: so, Jakku is basically like a bus station. It's
9: yeah, it's like a, it's <laughs> like a bus station in a really, really bad part of town.
5: Yeah. So to survive, you have to figure right. out. How and to so yeah,
9: you've key. got you've got the last of the Jedi. What are you going to do? You're going to drop them off somewhere where they can actually train. And learn how to be tough without actually realizing they're being trained and learning how to be tough. She is. She's a brawler.
5: Mm-hmm. So it was on purpose, you think? I think so. Yeah.
1: All right. Here's uh, one of the first questions that we actually got in our own heads when we saw the movie. <laughs> uh, who is Lor San The Vicar. Mm-hmm. Is that Max von Sydow? Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That is Max von Sydow at the beginning of the movie, a character known as the Vicar.
5: And this is what Jimmy said to me when we left. He's like, you don't hire Max von Sydow for... Thirty seconds of dialogue if, if, if he's not important.
1: If he's not important, yeah,
9: well, he's he's very important.
1: Here, here <laughs> is here is what uh, the uh, visual dictionary and the art of Star Wars uh, says. Max von Sydow, Lor San Tekka. Since the fall of the Empire, Lor San Tekka has been a galactic travel traveler who eventually worked with the New Republic and later the Resistance, mapping the remote fringe of the galaxy before retiring to Jakku. Additionally, Tekka is also a religious man. Mm -hmm. Uh, He and most of the villagers he lives with are followers of the Church of the Force, a faith that gathered people who were not sensitive to the Force, but worshippers of Jedi codes and practices. The Church operated in secret during a time of the Empire, but apparently flourished after Palpatine's death.
9: People Uh, who said, yeah, that's not... Because Palpatine did a good job of making the Jedi look like fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And these guys are going, no, no, no. They had these nice, strong principles. And... Mm-hmm. Throughout his mapping expeditions,
1: Tekka became intimate with the history of the Jedi and Sith orders, making him a prominent figure in that church and giving him a reputation as a source for galactic secrets that the Empire had clamped down on for decades. That's how he came across right. the map.
9: And why is he on Jakku, Right. <clears throat> The Greyhound busting. No, that's this is this, that's is, this good... is my 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 crazy speculation of the moment, but okay. This so this is speculation. This is speculation, but I, I'm going to use the movie as evidence. Um, okay. He's there on Jakku. He's actually a very very well respected soldier. Of fortune. He's 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 kind of a he's kind of a tough guy, and hey. a lot of people know that he has a very strong reputation from the resistance, and he's not too far from where Ray's growing up.
5: He's keeping an eye on her. I think
9: he's keeping an eye on her. Also, when when uh, mm. the the junk dealer encore plot, he's he's giving Ray really good rations up until Santeca is killed. Santeca is killed at the beginning of the movie. The next day, Ray goes and brings a whole bunch of stuff in, and he gives her like the absolute worst deal he's ever given her. And she's saying, "Oh, I got so much more last week." Well, the guy that's looking after, her, making sure she's staying safe, uh, is dead now. So, hmm, hmm. so it's evidence. That's an interesting theory,
7: Jesus. Yeah, he's he's kind of a, he's a religious
1: leader. <laughs> Damn, he's the vicar. The vicar. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, you address the hardened soldier, Finn, being a hardened soldier. Yeah, you he, got that? He hadn't seen battle yet, but he's he been trained yeah. since he was a little kid. Uh, let's see. Uh, Here is our friend Andy. Uh, speculation is cool and all, but remember we won't get any real answers to a lot of these until episode eight in May or nine, or nine even for yeah. that matter. They'll stretch it out. They won't.
9: Will... <laughs> uh, I do think you'll see <laughs> characters like Lore San Santeca actually set up in, on the Rebels cartoon because yeah, see, he's mm. been around and they have that platform there that they can they can tell those stories or mm-hmm. in the side
2: stories of the Star Wars because they're all doing the, in right. the Marvel comics mm-hmm.
7: too. That, yeah. They need to just do it that way and just and save the big bangs for. You know, the well, major stuff of the movies.
9: That's the minutia that a lot of nerds like me yeah. run around and collect, and that's cool. But yeah. everybody else can stay and watch the movies.
7: Yeah.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, here's one from Jessica. Uh, when Kylo is trying to extract information from Ray, does she already know where Luke is because Kylo talks of the ocean and an island? Or is that just a place that she has dreamed of being in her life away from the desert? It's, the it's both. This, mind force. This gets us to... And I don't know how canonical this is, but I like it. Yeah. Unconscious force train. training, yes. right? <laughs> Luke's well, training her from exp- the island. Explain that.
9: Well, Empire Strikes Back. Luke's on Dagobah, and he's he's kind of freaking out. Is there? Oh, there's something really familiar about this place. Like I've been here before. Mm-hmm. He's never been to Dagobah, <laughs> but they've kind of set up in the Rebels cartoon that Yoda can communicate with other Jedi around the universe. So, did Yoda and Qui Gon Jinn train Luke? either when he's sleeping or whatever else. So, Ray, she's seen the the planet, she's seen the water, she's seen everything else. Has she been getting trained by dead Jedi and maybe even by Luke, you know, remotely Mm -hmm. as he's hiding out, um, waiting for her to be ready to finish her training? Mm -hmm. Because there's certain training she doesn't necessarily need to have face-to-face, but uh, if she survives to a certain point, then they can team back up and he can finish the training. Maybe he needs 13 years for everybody to think that he's dead or whatever. But... Uh, why 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 would you need a force ghost if they didn't have a purpose other than yeah you know advising counseling but
2: so you can talk about the training too because most of these jedis are trained when mm-hmm. they're when they're like three well, they, and yeah and if you look at Luke babies yeah well mm-hmm. um, yeah and if you look at Luke he was a jedi in like what
9: three years three days <laughs> exactly well no I mean the the death Star shot was I mean, he tapped into yeah. a, a very strong current in the force with next to no training mm-hmm. or he had a ton of training and that was the first time he was aware of it
2: yeah
1: uh, let's see. Here's a question from Bruce. Why is Han Solo's son such a dick? <laughs> because,
2: well, some kids are just... You know. I
5: wonder if mommy and daddy argued in yeah. front of them. And <laughs> this is what happens when they you... they clearly had their issues. Yeah. Why
7: can't you just say I love you too? <laughs> yep. See, uh, for all you parents out there, this is what happens when you put your child on timeout way too many times. Timeout time out on another planet. That's right.
1: Timeout on another planet. Um, I, I do want to talk about something. That uh, keeps coming up to me. And that is the the main complaint about this movie. Cut and paste is the topic of the email that I get.
5: What do you mean cut and paste? 20 times a day.
1: (sighs) People are accusing this film of being just a copy, a ripoff of the original Star Wars.
9: Right. Because in the original Star Wars, there was a defected stormtrooper. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Mostly because another Death Star, they say.
9: Not a Death Star. It's not a Death
1: Star. Also, I'd like to point out that your buddy George did that in Jedi.
5: Yep. Which,
1: when I was watching Jedi, I was kind of pissed about it actually.
5: Didn't that blow up? It looked like it blew into a bunch of little pieces. Where did they get the funding? Who is funding this madness? (laughs) It pisses me off. I did in Jedi.
1: I I said that aloud. Another Death Star? Really? but I, I didn't let it ruin the experience for me no, think
5: you know? think of the difficult job jj abrams had
1: this is a mm. this is not only a storytelling but a business decision he, as well he huh. has
5: to make lee george cade happy
9: yes and i am
5: <laughs> he has to make me happy and no, you so, are. no and that's why that's why this works so well
1: exactly
2: it, and then, but it, then you also have to make the little kids the, the new generation yeah.
5: my kids and mm-hmm. it, introduce happy. them
9: to it and,
2: yeah. and
5: and and this movie does that yeah I'd also this, like to
9: point out that yeah. we, we developed the nuclear bomb, right? In mm-hmm. the 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only needed one. Exactly. So, why did we have 11 intercontinental ballistic missiles for every man, woman, and child on the planet in well, the, the 1980s? So, why didn't well, they build another Death well, Star? Well, there's that, and you don't go to a
1: James Bond movie and go, Another nuclear bomb? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't. And that's another the
2: martini? Does he ever change cars?
1: J.J. <laughs> Abrams had to reintroduce you to that nice, comfortable chair. That mm-hmm. you loved so much, mm-hmm. and so he he did that, but he did it in a way that he's also bringing you new stuff. Mm-hmm. In the next movie, I think that the next one of the Skywalker Saga, Episode Eight, mm-hmm. I think that's where we're going to get our Empire Strikes Back
9: kind of thing—a different look at it with Rian Johnson. Okay, I'll okay. say if, if yeah. someone runs up and goes, "Hey, I found these old plans called a Death Star,"
2: <laughs> you will. <laughs> then you, yeah. Like, yeah, then, then you then
9: probably will. There's there's a there's a scholar who's been. Uh, writing about mythology and ring cycles, how really strong, compelling mythology that strikes a chord with people universally. Mm-hmm. It always runs in a ring. It always it's cyclical. Mm-hmm. So he actually said a year ago, somebody said, what is this next movie going to be like? And he said it's probably going to be very similar to episode four. But the funny part is episode four is very similar to episode one. There, there there are repeats. There are things, there are thematic elements that go on and on. Actually mm-hmm. there are elements from uh, Return of the Jedi that are copied almost perfectly in uh, the beginning of Phantom Menace, so Phantom Menace is two uh, two Jedi going off to to save a princess. The beginning of Return of the Jedi is two droids going off to save Han Solo. These things repeat constantly, over and over and over and over. And mm-hmm. so, don't say it's 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 copy paste because that's what it is. It's it's a retelling of themes that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. In so in a new the, way,
5: it's the spoiler show, spoiler hour. We're yes. halfway into it. Uh,
1: let's see. Well, you know what? Half of the stack of emails that I got are the Kenobi Ray theory. <laughs>
5: well, do you know You're what made me think one? about yeah, the reincarnated or something? Yeah. What What made me think about the accent, though, actually, was the interviews that Jimmy did with Daisy and with John Boyega, and it really surprised me because the interview with John, he's got a thick British accent, and he doesn't. Ha- there's There's a reason they purposefully. Took that out in the movie.
2: Yeah, but um, as much as I love his accent, it can be very distracting. Like, I mean, watch Attack the Block. Yeah, and it's you almost have to put the subtitles on because he's got a very thick accent. Hers is just more like hello. <laughs> so you think it was just? A... I think so. Okay,
11: it was a
9: conscious decision. Sure.
2: They actually did take out her white beard that she had. They they digitally <laughs> took that out because it spoiled it.
5: <laughs> did she have peach fuzz. It doesn't,
9: uh, the the thing that kind of scares me right now though is that people are so caught up on the speculation train that you're going to kind of ruin the movie for yourself yeah. eventually. That's what I keep telling yeah. everybody. Yeah, because and it was a joke I had for the month before this movie came out, and Jimmy would want to talk about the new movie, and I'd be like, just <laughs> shut up. I don't want to hear just speculation Yeah, because somebody's going to be right, and then I'm going to be was, mad when I see the movie.
5: I was right. Or, what were you right about? <laughs>
2: That Han was going to die. Oh,
7: see, I'm just, I just make the most asinine. I said Han or like stupid, incredibly way off assumptions, and then I go in the movie, extremely happy. Yeah, <laughs>
2: extremely I was, happy. I was sitting next to Carrie, and I was like, you know, I'm th- in my mind, I'm thinking it's either going to be Han or Chewie. Han or in the movie was going, I go,
7: it's be hard. Han. Yeah, as, soon as he steps out,
2: and well, step on the bridge I go Yeah,
9: with no handrail. But somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody had to fill. Some mentor had to fill the yeah. Uh, yeah. Kenobi role.
1: Well, and and it's just it's oh, just it's just basi- it's just basic business that Han would die because he made it clear he wanted the character to die, and anybody can wear the costume of Chewbacca, yeah. so that's why you do it,
5: okay. Anyway. so if Luke tried to train Ben mm. and that went horribly wrong, okay huh? what why would him training Ray through her mind, why would that work? Why
9: they already knew that Ben was going to be hard to train, yeah. They, they didn't send him off because it was going to be easy. They sent him off because he was in a lot of trouble and he was causing a lot of problems. There was too much Vader in him. Hanging out with the Riddler. The Riddling Riddlin, yep. Riddlin wasn't working. And he was, he was hanging out with some <laughs> creepy guy named yeah. Snoke who kept yeah. telling him that his dad was an idiot.
5: So <laughs> it's not that Luke's not a good...
9: No, Luke. Luke's, of course, his confidence in the whole thing was shaken pretty badly. But and I think all of his students got killed. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. he was.
2: He was. They say it. He was, you yeah, know, training the next crazy. generation, yeah, and, he, and he took
9: Kylo it. killed them all. Yeah. yeah, and he thought to himself, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not ready to train."
5: Because I, that's what happened with Obi Wan mm-hmm. with Anakin. That's the exact same thing yeah. that happened there. Yeah. That, thought, think, oh, you're not ready to. Tra- I can train him. I think oh, the, the boys in that bloodline are
9: just a little unstable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they want to talk about the
1: sounds during uh, Ray's experience when she uh, touched the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. There's um, uh, yeah. there's two voices.
2: Well, they that they you did hear. S- they did some new recordings. They actually yes. had Ewan McGregor come in <laughs> and do some lines. They actually <laughs> took a line from <laughs> uh, the first movie. Well, for, from Alec Guinness, yeah. And I can't remember what the the word it was, was. Afraid, afraid, yeah.
1: And they trimmed it so to it to said Ray. Ray. Yeah. So that's Alec Guinness saying Ray
9: and, in that sequence, and then Ewan going.
1: These are your first
2: steps, and then you can hear Luke scream "No!" from Empire
9: because mm-hmm. the, the the beginning of the thing is actually one of the hallways on Bespin. Yeah, the beginning of her. her so what she's
1: hmm. what I think she's getting is not necessarily Ben Kenobi, but she's getting Luke's memories. Mm-hmm. Yep, or by she's, touching, or she's getting, my, she, or yeah. she's
9: getting memories off of the off the lightsaber itself of how yeah. it how it came to be where it's at. That's his daddy, exactly. <laughs> but it's also it's also possible that she doesn't know. She doesn't even remember, necessarily, how she ended up where she was at. So she could also just be crazy hearing like, voices. She could be.
7: Yeah what, if, yeah, what if it turns out, like, the the next movie, she's just <laughs> on a couch talking to a, a site?
9: She's hearing voices now. Next thing you know, she's going to take over a bird sanctuary.
7: <laughs> what? Here's Ain't one. nobody taking over my bird sanctuary.
1: Here's one of the weirdest <laughs> ones I've gotten, Bonnie. <laughs> Saw the Force Awaken. Something really bugged me. What the hell is with Ray's man hands?
4: What? She, comes,
1: what? she comes back and hugs Leah. And there's a shot from Leah's back, and she's got huge hands. Do you think they considered a hand double? And maybe they should. I don't uh, remember first that. of all, she she
7: yields a staff. That's true.
5: You What's know, that called? That kind of fighting that she does?
7: Uh, Donatello uh, <laughs> fighting.
4: It's,
9: it's called spinjitsu. Yeah. <laughs> technically.
7: Donatello
4: fighting. Uh, okay. Yeah,
9: I, I I know another person that said, "Oh, she has Daisy really has a freakishly large neck." I'm like and see she's just a cool character in a movie guys relax yeah. and
1: then there's these kind of questions if you have the power to completely drain a star of matter which is no small task why bother with some lame laser
7: Okay, fine.
9: <laughs> You know, they oh, also
7: who are these people that are getting. Go, <laughs> uh, He's wait, not wait, a wait, good wait. lightsaber duelist. Uh, Shut up! Have you ever uh, yielded a lightsaber? Uh, Shut up!
2: A lame laser that destroyed five planets at once. Yeah, yeah that's pretty lame. lame yeah. yeah, it's
7: lame.
9: Took out also, the star system. You know, mm-hmm. and, and they they couldn't quite show it in the movie, but this is also a laser that punches a hole through hyperspace and fires it all the way across the galaxy. Cool. So you know, yeah, kind of uh, cool. It's called science fiction for a reason. Uh, it's fiction. Here is something, <laughs> and and
1: and this I don't know because I don't have the Disney Infinity game. Um, this is from Rachel in the Disney Infinity game. Kylo says to Ray, "Fight me, cousin." He says, "Fight me, curses." Curses.
9: He gets shot. He says, "Fight me." He gets shot, and then he says, "Curses." It's curses. It's not curses. It's not, it's not cousin. And this has been this has been okay. completely debunked by everybody in the world. So right. stop telling people that. But story. they are cousins. <laughs> yeah. Identical cousins.
7: It'd be like the Patrick. It all Duke makes show. sense. Like it just is all there. Yeah. You pay attention to it.
1: Uh, let's see. Um, now is this a, a current canonical book, The Weapon of the Jedi? Yes. Okay. Before uh, in this in this book, apparently before Luke went to Dagobah, he found a Jedi temple on mm-hmm. Deveran In this book,
9: Devaronian or the little devil guys.
1: Yeah, which is uh, set between Episode Four and Five.
9: So that's a little something for you. That that book actually takes place right after the Battle of Yavin. This is the first time Luke uses his lightsaber in mm-hmm. combat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> is this is this is from
1: a, this is an episode four question, Trevor. When Luke, Leah, and Han arrive at the rebel base after escaping the Death Star, Leah gives a hug to an older man. Is this lore? I don't know what
7: that means. Lore <laughs> oh, Santeca? Oh, yeah. Lore Santeca? Lore Santeca. Oh,
1: there I, we go.
9: I because if you're thinking about it, Max Von Sydow in nineteen seventy seven would have been how old? In his early 40s Mm-hmm.
5: Well, he wouldn't have been an old man. No, he wouldn't have been an old man. <laughs> well, maybe or cracking. he
2: just ages really
4: well.
9: Yeah, may, yeah. you know, maybe Here, don't crack. This is okay. the thing with Lor Sonteka. He's been around since the Clone Wars, so
7: Sontecca yeah. don't recode. Like maybe that's, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> he moisturizes. Okay, here's here's
9: a very basic question,
1: and and maybe in the in the stuff that you have researched, you can find this because I really couldn't find too much with my look. Who are the Knights of Ren? Who are what? I guess the, is the
9: best only way. thing that's really been said about the Knights of Ren, uh, you see the formations of them in the Star Wars Aftermath book. And at that time, they're not militant; they're just collecting artifacts. So, there's a scene where they're buying uh, a, a lightsaber with a red blade that the seller claims is Vader's, um, but that's really it. And and I think their last line is, "We're not violent yet." As they as they walk away, uh, they do appear to be obsessed with Vader himself, mm-hmm. uh, but that might also just be a fetish of Kylo Ren's. The Knights of Ren themselves, I think, are the militant arm of the militant force arm of Snoke. But he also seems to be running them separately from the First Order, too.
5: So, so there's no Kevin Bacon in there? <laughs> when they, when they Sorry, say they're not militant yet,
10: are we going to see a scene where they take over a bird refuge in
9: Oregon? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> John good. Smith has joined us, everyone. Hi, kids! I, I, think, I think you're going to see this. This is the scary part. So Kylo Ren's this crazy emotional berserker, right? The next movie, I think you're going to see all seven of them in action. You think?
2: That oh, well, yeah. I cool. think her vision of you know, the, the shot we saw in uh, the trailer where he, you know, Luke's got his hand on R2 mm-hmm. and then it shows them all standing and just, if you look, there's, de- there's dead bodies everywhere. They're, I think that's going to happen. I think
9: that's a scene coming. I think it already did. I think she's seeing the end of the, of the first temple and mm-hmm. Luke thinking, I got to get out. But one of them, there's a huge one standing right behind Kylo Ren and he looks like he's holding this gigantic sword over his shoulders, some kind of crazy weapon over his shoulders. I almost want to freeze that and just get in there, do the whole Blade Runner thing and blow it up so I can see what they're all carrying. But... They're they're scary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's
10: one of those guys is is wearing uh, a Boba Fett mask. He's wearing Mandalorian armor. I I haven't seen or heard that yet. Yeah, if you go and look at that picture. Okay.
4: All right. Here's uh, uh, a.
1: <laughs> why does Finn use an American accent? He's from England, but Ray keeps hers. Come on. I just brought that up. Space England. England. Yeah, Space England. It's Space America. England. Shut up. Uh, let's see. Here's uh, here's and this is this is the kind of thing that kind of it makes me feel sorry for for Ian. Because he th- he's thinking too much. Mm. What is the First Order's infantry commander, Phasma, Jesus. doing with the codes to star- star Killer's base shields? Ugh. And why is Phasma so willing to give these up? Ugh. Such a leader would not only be willing to die to protect said order, but would gladly be the one to pull the trigger should they find his or herself compromise. The scene is laughable. And to that, Ian, I just say, you know, you're just, you're thinking too much. Y- yeah. You're just thinking too
9: much. Why would she have the code? She's the second in command of General yeah, Hux. Yeah. Why would she so willingly do it? She realized they were screwed and that the only way she could get away to get revenge is to play along and then hide in a trash can.
10: Well, she
2: probably walked, a, walked by a bunch of dead stormtroopers so they knew yeah. they weren't screwing around.
10: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and Jay can vouch for this. I've known military commanders that have less fortitude than that. Yeah. So. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Brienne of Tarth never would have done that. Well, well, her outfit's
9: shiny. Phasma was not Brienne of Tarth when they wrote the character. Yeah. It, it was a throwaway male character. And they were shooting them they were getting their dailies together and I thought, eh, let's get another woman well, in the movie.
2: And a lot of people are complaining because they made such a big deal about Phasma, and she's really not in it that much at all. Mm-hmm. Se- but she's not gone. Yeah, like, she's, she's got, not gone. They, There's they, two other movies. Well, they threw her, they didn't kill her, they threw her down a trash compactor, and as we all Maybe. know from episode four, you they, can get out. Can get
5: out.
10: So yeah. she probably has the codes to get out.
2: Is yeah, <laughs> if you
5: have it, R2D2. <laughs> is that
10: is that true about her armor? Is that in the, the art oh, of Star yeah. she Wars? Had a question. Uh, people have said that her armor is the is. I haven't seen it on remaindered any
4: from Palpatine, Palpatine source. ship,
9: but it would be cool if it was. Cool would that be?
4: Yeah. Uh,
1: let's see. Um, here's someone who's not even asking; they're just saying it. Snoke is the reincarnation of Darth Bane.
9: <sighs> uh, Darth Bane's the only other Darth that's canon from the Clone Wars cartoon, so. I think grasping at straws. That that seems like a complicated. He's the, crea- he's the creator of the rule of 2 supposedly.
1: Yeah, that just seems like a complicated. Uh, and again, you got to remember these stories are not really complicated. They're going they're not going to make you there's not going to be a big explanation about uh, and Darth Bane was then and that's who, you well, know, yes and, yeah, y- it starts playing. Yes and no
2: like I think like cuz I mean Lee tells these stories that are like so deep within, but mm-hmm. like for the general public they can't do that. Like on episode, you know, yeah. eight and nine, like they have to keep it kind of general, so that you yeah. know, when my mom goes to see, she's like, "What?" You know, like they have to keep <laughs> it simple. Now there might be a little backstory, but it's not going to control the entire
4: yeah.
9: plot. My, my dad thought Maz was Yoda, <laughs> well, and,
4: and, and why
9: why bring in a, a a vaguely canonical character like Bane, who's already got a huge backstory from non-canon books and non-canon comics? Yeah, and tick off a whole bunch of geeks that are so invested in that character. Yeah. When you can create a new character like Maz Kanata and say. This is this dark side character.
2: Did he think he was like a transgendered Yoda? <laughs>
9: he just kept leaning over going, is that Yoda? Is that Yoda?
10: That's not Yoda. It's clearly a woman. No, Dad, that's not Yoda. Yeah, is that Yoda?
1: <laughs> Here's, uh, <clears throat> again, earlier you said that you feel that Rey is the daughter of Luke. Why is there no recognition of her when she meets Han, Leia, Threepio, Maz, or even Kylo or anyone?
9: I don't see how she could be Luke's daughter. Uh, gosh, the camera cut away when Maz Kanata asked Han who that girl was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leia, the second Ray gets off the ramp of the Falcon, she doesn't run up to Chewbacca, her friend of 30 years. She runs up to Ray. We don't hear what they say to each other, and she's the person that's sent to retrieve Luke Skywalker, not the sister who's not seen him in years. Uh, you don't know yeah. what they've said. And also, do they want Ray to know who she is? Are they terrified of what will happen if people know who she yeah. is? Is her
7: name really Ray? Yeah, her, her name is probably Dave or something. <laughs> Dave <laughs> Skywalker.
1: What about addressing that? Three PO and R two are both over seventy years
10: old and are still active. Good tech, good <laughs> tech, always survives.
9: They were built American. That's right. How about this? <laughs> They're robots. Yeah. How about I about don't it? know. My, my 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 wife's grandmother's ninety two years old and she's still functional.
5: Well, Three PO has a red arm, <laughs> yeah. you know. No, but I
7: mean, my eight year old got it. He's like, he says, "What? What? R two? d 2 do here?" I'm like, and then they say he's in sleep mode. It made perfect sense. He's like, oh, that makes sense. Also,
9: you don't know how old R2-D2 is because he was already going in episode one. That's true. You saw the beginning of C-3PO, but R2 could be hundreds of years I can still turn on
2: my first iPod.
1: Yeah, guess what? My (laughs) Nintendo
2: still works.
9: (laughs) I can play Metroid.
1: Uh, Let's see. Question from Anthony. Is Captain Phasma Ray's mother? Yes. Highly unlikely. Yes, absolutely.
9: (laughs) Well, she does have a British accent, and since that seems to be one of those things that ties people together... (laughs) space Britain
1: space England or, or they, from the they same time get a
10: pretty high profile name to play that character and then to not show or face at all and not, Well, that was not her ex- that was
2: her decision I think
1: that was all oh, really yeah oh. um and it the would character you out of the movie too. and the character was originally supposed to be
9: male. Yeah, so just, they, just a throwaway character. Yeah, she it was just a be, she's she's the Admiral Piet of of the episode. Yeah. She, yeah.
2: She's actually pro helmet because she tells Finn to put, put, put her helmet put, back put on. Put it, put yeah.
9: it back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the first order is really big on autonomy and not having a name. I mean, the only reason why she's called Phasma is because of JJ J. Abrams' obsession with phantasm. Yeah. You know, so, cool. and because and because her
1: armor is the same color as the silver as ball the silver death ball from phantasm. So, don't read a lot into that character. Yeah, you just,
7: know.
10: well, we'll probably see
7: her again. Oh no, yeah. no
10: they said that we will.
2: Have yeah. you guys seen the two
7: theories that are out there? These and these are just crazy, but they just make me laugh each time. Uh, one is that uh, Kylo and Rey are siblings, like brother and sister on some. Uh, yeah. Well, don't you think Han and Leia'd be like, "Remember that, that we girl? lost our daughter too?" <laughs> yeah. 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 Did you
2: drop her off in the desert like I told you to? Or
7: <laughs> no, no. Or their or their cousins from. Like a Lannister type situation, Luke and Leia's—that's their.
5: No, they, that, that. That, nobody that, says that. And then, no, the, I'm telling you, these are these are, crazy, these are crazy theories.
7: <laughs> these <laughs> are crazy theories out. And there's another theory out there that uh, Finn and Poe Dameron. Yeah, yeah I've that, seen that, that, one. that 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 romance, that that romance is bromance. That's that's funny. I'd love that. It, I think it's great. And it's because they freeze frame the shot where he's looking yeah. at his jacket and he's biting
2: his lip. Yeah. I like, it's,
1: <laughs> it's it's <one>, it's <laughs> gave yeah. my jacket last week. I've never bit my lip. Poe is hugging Finn, and the camera is on Poe, and he bites his lip a little bit. And so immediately everyone is like, clearly they're gay.
2: Well,
9: you know, no. Have you see the interview where Oscar Isaacs is like, ah, I was playing it for romance, and, and they cut to Boyega he's like, yeah, me too.
2: Well, no, he, he said I was playing for romance for one of them, but I'm not yeah. saying who which one. It was on it was on Ellen. That's and, uh, hilarious. So now now everybody thinks. Poe's gay. <laughs>
10: there's, there's the meme. You know, it's like you're my world, bro. Yeah, you're
7: my world. I mean, and giving another dude's jacket. I mean, let's go steady. Go. To you the... know,
9: Ray, Ray was wearing that jacket in one scene too. Uh,
7: uh,
1: I hope Poe is gay. Yeah. I do. I, That'd I, be dope. That would be that would be awesome. It'd break a lot of ladies' hearts, but it would space be awesome. gay. And
9: strangely, I'm kind of <laughs> hoping that there's not a romance element in any of the new trilogy. Really. Yeah cuz cuz Finn
1: really has the hots for Ray. Nah, they're going to have a he, ray and he Finn. He did. Arc you
9: think Finn. it'll be a brother sister yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, she kisses him on the forehead and says I'll see you again, thank you well, my, like, friend. my friend. She's, she's not going to
4: make out, out with don't. him being no, unconscious. But no, no. you know yeah. I mean, she doesn't say <laughs> I, you know, uh
9: they don't have the big I love you moment. It's it's you're my friend, thank you so much. I got to go see that, some yeah. guy. You've, some
10: you've guy never looked at me it. that way. Nobody's ever looked at me that way before. They
2: they cut away when she leaves and the the director's cut uh Poe walks up. And, and stands over Finn.
4: <laughs> just, just bites his lip.
9: <laughs> well, it's funny because the novelization they did—they did something very similar to what um, Guillermo del Toro did with Pacific Rim. The novelization of Pacific Rim, which was right from the shooting script, mm-hmm. there's a romance element between the leads. And they oh. they thought, you know what? We're just going to cut this out. Makamori's a, a great yeah. character. She, we don't need the the romance mm-hmm. element. Maybe we can evolve beyond that. And there's there's a little bit of a hint towards Poe Dameron and and Rey having a romantic element. He's too and old for they, her. They cut that. Out. Well, like they're actually the same age span as Han Solo and Princess Leia.
2: According to Hollywood, no, he's not. Oh. <laughs>
9: yeah. According to Hollywood, she's almost too old to play Leia. He's a dated eight year old. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's
1: see, uh, who are the Knights of Rand. We addressed that. Here's my favorite comment. Uh, remember folks, accents aren't genetic. No. Keep that in mind. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, let's see. I, we, Otherwise we gotta, I'd sound like a raging hippie. Yeah.
7: <laughs> we gotta get a really Otherwise, good- Otherwise I sound like I'm from Detroit. We <laughs>
1: gotta get... I would be like, how y'all doing? <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, Lee, um, could you explain to us uh, what happened to the Empire and how did it become the First Order? Oh yeah, this is, is dope. the other question. You this could explain a... this, right? Yeah.
9: So, so the Empire had its big crushing uh, destruction at the Battle of Jakku. That was kind of the end of it. So mm-hmm. the the remnants of the Empire basically had to meet with the New Republic and hammer out a peace treaty. And they got their own little quadra- quadrant of space that they could go be uh, space Nazis in. Uh, but there were there was another element of of uh, hardliners um and this is all in the aftermath book uh there's another element of hardliners that basically took off to look for something called the wellspring of the dark side of the force so that's that's somewhere out in the outer reaches of space mm-hmm. and i believe they're the ones that had the the knights of ren went off with them and they they went to do something but what's left of the empire uh has basically been having this this cold war with the with the new republic for 30-some-odd years uh, going back and forth and stealing mm-hmm. technology. Mm-hmm. So the First Order, its development is is really just kind of what happens when you uh, let a country rebuild itself and don't necessarily mm-hmm. have the right sanctions against them.
1: Also, uh, the resistance, I found this, is smaller than you think. Very small. Uh, according to the novelization, it emphasizes Leah's distaste for the New Republic— In the visual dictionary, it's pretty much acknowledged that the resistance is an independent private force tolerated by the new republic, but not
9: officially condoned or supported due to fear of conflict with the First Order. Well, because if they sent... The Republic yeah. fleet, after the first order, that's an act of war. Exactly, but if guerrillas do it, oh, she's an oath keeper.
1: Yeah. Militia. <laughs> that and she's a well-regulated militia. Uh, the uh, this makes the resistance actual military might incredibly small in terms of ship. The organization has no capital vessels to call on, and its starfighter co- corps is woefully light. Two squadrons, red and blue, and Poe in the lead with his black X-wing, and that's it. On the ground, it fares slightly better, but there's apparently an emphasis on droid support charged and used constantly to support what little the resistance has in terms of ground crew. They're like Blackwater. Yeah. So there's that. X96. Oh, thank X96. you. X96. Sorry. <laughs> Just reminding you. Where, Where are you are? listening?
5: Yeah, this, is, this uh, isn't geek show. I mean, and, it's
1: sort of geek show. And Cindy Mitchell makes a great point, and I would expect a librarian to do this. It, it would help us if you told us what is actually considered canon now in the Star Wars universe. That's, That's pretty That's easy. So I would point to you the novelization mm-hmm. of The Force Awakens, okay. uh, The Force Awakens Visual Dictionary, mm-hmm. The Art of Star Wars, The Force Awakens, those three books I know. Well, the
9: Art of Star Wars is not so much canon because it's all conceptual yeah. art. Uh, Every comic that Marvel Comics has put out that doesn't have the Legends banner on it, Mm -hmm. because they did acquire all of Dark Horse's comics, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But everything starting with the new Star Wars comic, the Darth Vader comic, the Princess Leia comic, uh, all that stuff's canon. And then the new books going back to, uh, I think it's, uh, uh, I can't remember. There's a book that gets into Kanan Jarvis's backstory uh, quite well. And uh, everything since mm-hmm. Darth Plagueis—that was the last non-canonical book. Everything since then has been has been canon. Exactly. So there you go. And you can just Google that information. Oh, and it's... then the the Clone Wars cartoon and the Rebels cartoon. They're yes, both canon and the well. movies. Okay. I can't read that. Part. What
1: does it say? <laughs> Some, somebody going to wrap it up. Here.
7: Oh, somebody text me real quick. Is Luke more powerful than Kylo Ren, and why is Luke hiding? Can he stop the First Order? Yes. <laughs> to all of that? Yes. Well, okay. Luke sure. is hiding for this reason. Child support, y'all.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he's a
5: deadbeat dad? Yeah, Luke's sure. a deadbeat dad? I like that theory. And him and Han.
1: <laughs> I like that theory. All right. Thank you, gentlemen and Gina.
5: I can be a gentleman. No.
7: you're Not, you're not, not. with those sexy boots. Oh, thank
5: you. <laughs>
1: All right, Jimmy Martin. Yeah, flying around the world. It's been a long week. You you were in Miami, in Miami, and then L.A. Yeah,
2: I was in Miami doing the thirteen hours junket. Mm-hmm. That's what we'll listen to this week. And next week, uh, you'll hear the finest hours, the Chris Pine Captain Kirk true story. Both stories about uh, military.
1: Military. Yeah, uh, the finest hours is Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Okay. Yep. This
2: one, but this one's like Navy SEALs and basically black ops. Mm. So Benghazi.
1: Kind of you know. based on a true story. It's a true story. Yeah. I mean, this happened. Okay. <laughs> so where do we begin?
2: Uh, we're going to start with, let me pull this up, because there was five interviews. It's, it was a long day. Okay. Uh, we're the,
1: here to <laughs> shepherd you through all of them, yep. folks. So
2: The first thing you're going to hear is actually, uh, I interviewed three of the guys that were there.
1: Oh, so these are actual soldiers. These are,
2: these are three soldiers that were in at, in the Benghazi attack. Wow. On And I'll say that, I laugh uh, when I say this. Um, when I interviewed Harrison Ford, in my mind, you know, I'm sitting there interviewing, but in my mind, it was going,
4: it's fucking
1: Han Solo. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It's in Indiana this, Jones, it, for God's sake. In
2: this interview, I'm sitting here talking with these guys, and my mind's going, these guys have killed so many people. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, no, I'm listen to what I said. American. I didn't say murdered.
1: I'm not going to disagree with the thing <laughs> they have to say. <laughs> exactly.
2: I didn't say murdered. <laughs> they were in war. You know, just, but they, Yeah.
1: They've killed
12: a lot a lot of people.
2: <laughs> I'm just going to agree with everything they say. All right. Uh, so it's uh it's Mark Ozgeist, John Tig Tegan, and Chris Tonto Peronto. So their their code names were Oz, Tig and Tonto. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. All nice right, guys go. too. You'll hear it. Here we go. It's not going to meet all three of you. Oh, no, thank Honor you. Ours. Ours. What's it like
12: watching somebody betray you and your life on screen? He didn't do it, Pavel, I should have played myself Jim. in the movie. And, no, it, it was it, no, it was great. I, I was very lucky have, that Pablo got picked early, mm-hmm. so him and I, you know, we, we really did get develop a friendship. So when I saw him up on the screen, um, no, I, I saw myself. He did a f- a fantastic job, and same with the other actors. Yeah, it mm-hmm. basically, they did so well uh, portraying everybody: Dominic portraying Tig, Match portraying Oz, uh, John portraying Jack, that. I felt like i was watching the team up on screen sure. so uh, it it was i was very happy with it. it it was a positive experience for me
13: sure yeah very much um you couldn't ask for i mean it's it's a testament to them and how they do their job mm-hmm. um they i mean and it not just the actors um the way paramount michael bay the crew that was there uh you know when we were on set it they just took it seemed like they were, you know, just given that little bit of extra to get it right. How much uh, time did you guys get to spend with your counterparts?
2: <clears> and did you tell them anything specific? You're like, if you're going to portray me, this is what I want. <laughs> well,
13: Tonto, they actually uh, Pablo had to get a restraining order on
12: Tonto. He still stopped. He still got it. Yeah, he's still going through, <laughs> going through therapy. Today right it is, now. it's just therapy. a freeze right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I, guess Pablo got picked about three months before the filming actually started. So we, you know, I, we, we, we'd hang out together. Mm-hmm. I, his, his kids and my kids are friends you know we, we what I what I was really happy with his this first question wasn't what what happened in Benghazi how were you in Benghazi it was what are you like mm-hmm. he wanted to get to know what I was like before Benghazi sure and then as then as progressing you know, as then that friendship developed we, we were you know we went through the tactics and everything mm-hmm. of, of how uh, of how rangers do it even though he was trained by Harry's guys, with your SEALs, I, Llewell, had to, I, had yeah. I had to fix them. I had to fix them. Yeah, we had to fix the guys because, <laughs> you know, the SEALs. The SEALs did. all messed. <laughs> up No, Harry did a great job. Yeah, did
13: great they job. did. And again, everybody, I mean, every, each one of the actors, I think, took that approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they had to have because otherwise they couldn't have got it as right as they did. And they mm-hmm. did.
12: They did it. They nailed it.
2: I
11: mean, unfortunately, like um, uh, Max and Dominic, they didn't really get that chance because they kind of yeah. got picked late, so you didn't have the chance to come and and hang out. But, uh, you know, a lot of interaction over the phone, email, and then yeah. you know, we got to go on set,
2: you know, and I got to teach Dominic how to drink and, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, we got to hang out. I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, it's how difficult was it to kind of recreate <laughs> and essentially relive this, this event? And was
13: there any hesitation to do it? Even before writing the book, there was hesitation in doing that because our lives have never been a public thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's always been in the shadows. Yeah. Um, but it's something that had to be done because everybody else was trying to turn this into something that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, to honor the four Americans to, um, and everyone that was there, they needed to have that and they needed the truth and the yeah. families needed the truth. Um, and then when it came to the movie, of course, again, you know, you're going to have another hesitation because now you're giving up your, we had control over the book. We got to say what was there. Sure. You know, you kind of give up a little bit of that creative control when you're doing a movie, yeah. but that's where, again, you know, building those trusts and, uh, our lives and, Relationships that we've had overseas and surviving overseas is based on quick decisions and you know and evaluating those relationships quickly and mm-hmm. uh, and doing that and, well, it, and a little bit of been ta- positive
12: a little bit of taking we are always willing to take a little bit of a chance too <clears throat> so I don't think if we if we had that courage to take a look, take a chance that it would have. Been a, it, we wouldn't be at this point right now.
2: Yeah, you said it kind of turn into something that it's not, and I, there are a lot of you know fingers pointing and yeah. stuff like that right now. But the film doesn't really do that. No, you know, no it's, it just, it, not it, it's not about. That, that was intentional then. Yeah, yeah of, of course. course was, so. I mean,
13: you know, politics That's dominated it before. Do the yeah. yeah. I mean, the last <coughs> thing we needed to do is add to that. Yeah. I mean, this is just the truth as we lived it, as we saw it through our eyes. I mean, mm-hmm. people can question it all they want. They yeah. can disagree with it if they want. But there was—we're the
12: ones that were there.
2: Yeah. How accurate would you say the film is?
12: Very, very, very accurate. It, it is difficult to get 13 hours into a two-hour movie. Sure. <laughs> but we had a lot to do with Chuck. Chuck was Chuck was very good to work with. Chuck Hogan, the scriptwriter, so we got the ability to go read through the script, make changes if we needed to make changes, with the set design, um, and then of course getting all the actors being on set. Each of us had a week on set to include Mitchell, uh, Zukov, the writer, the, the writer, the author that helps write the book. So. Uh, it's extremely accurate the timeline's down you, you're gonna you, you, if you've have you seen it yet yes you, and if you, you I hope you felt like you were back in what we were feeling like yeah, you know yeah. with with the and the feeling like combat was there and 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 just just the mannerisms of how we interact with each other yeah.
2: you can choose this one if you want to but what is your favorite michael bay movie
12: <laughs> care bears he didn't do care bears dude that was <laughs> steven Spielberg's. <See>. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i Outside of this one, probably The Rock. I, I like The Rock, and I like The Rock because he—that was the first time real military person I would use in the movie, and, and I do like Armageddon as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah.
2: I liked—I did. I liked the Transformers.
12: I there you, was, you go. The it's a pleasure meeting all of you.
4: Hey, thank, thank, you thank you very you so much. much.
1: You. Okay. All right, soldiers. I wouldn't fuck with him. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fucking chance. No, I, I know, I know sergeants that are in charge of the motor pool. I won't fuck with in the oh, military. I got in the elevator you know?
2: and one of the guys was yeah. going down with me and I interviewed him like an hour before. And he's like, I was like, you having a good day? And he's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a four seasons. Got room service. It's better than camping out in a chicken shit shack. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I
1: was like, Jesus nice crap. All right, uh, all right. so now we get to the uh, people who were in the movie about these guys. Per-
2: yeah, per- portrayed these guys. Uh, first one is going to be Max Martini and Dominic Fumusa. I think I'm saying that okay. right. Uh, Max Martini, I believe, uh, if I remember right, he was in Pacific Rim. He was like the Australian guy's dad. Oh,
1: okay. yeah. oh that guy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I think that's him. That. He yeah. was funny in that.
2: Good actor. All right. So here we go. It's a pleasure meeting both of you.
1: Um, how much time
2: did you guys actually get to spend with your real-life counterparts in this, and did they give you any advice for portraying them?
0: When, when I got the film, uh, I was put on the phone with Mark Geist, who I played uh, almost immediately, and, and so we had a lot of conversations prior to arriving in Malta. But uh, and then they came out, and, and we, we got to spend a good amount of time with them. They, they stayed on set for a while, and
8: yeah, uh, yeah, we talked on the phone right away. I played Tig, John Tigan. Uh, he was, from the word go, incredibly generous with me, forthcoming, there were no questions we couldn't ask, yeah. and very collaborative effort between the real guys and, and us.
2: Did you find it more either intimidating or inspiring, or maybe both, to portray someone that you know is to be watching, and like, kind of seeing what you guys do
0: with it? I think there's a lot of pressure initially, you know, you obviously you want to get it right, and, and you know, there's a fear that they'll be sort of standing over you, and you know. but But these guys were, so anxious to get the story told and, and so anxious to, to collaborate with us again that that uh, you know that was that fear was alleviated yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, it's
8: as an actor it's definitely intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> on so many levels, you know, getting the military stuff right and looking real with the guns and all of that. Mm-hmm. But also there's the added uh responsibility of telling this story truthfully and honoring these these men mm-hmm. who who are heroes? You know, they uh, risk risk their lives to save these people and uh, and lost friends and lost yeah. friends, man. I mean, yeah, you can't, you, you gotta get it right. Were there
4: any
2: skill sets that you learned that you might take on with you in the future? Like,
8: yeah, I'm clearing, I'm clearing. Are room you before. clearing your bedroom? <laughs> I cleared this room before, <laughs> Kevin. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, this was Max has done a bunch of these these war movies, but this was new territory for me, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, I, I loved it, you know, I wish we'd had more time. We trained with Navy SEALs out in LA mm-hmm. uh, before we went to Malta, but uh, you know, it's, it's a totally different skill set. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you have all the, other, you have the regular stuff that, it, that you do as an actor, and then you gotta learn all of that. A uh, lot of balls in the air.
2: Your character actually uh, suffers a devastating injury. Uh, how was that filmed? Because when I watched it, I kinda dry heaved a little bit.
0: Well, I had a uh, a sleeve, okay. basically, that, that from, the elbow down. So, the, so the the broken part of my arm was an attachment, okay. and I wore a green glove basically. Okay. And at the end, and during post production, they just sort of erased oh, my real hand, but yeah, it looked good. <laughs> <laughs> it looked good. Um, what was the most challenging scene to
2: film in this?
8: There were there were different challenges. You know, there were physical there were physical scenes that were really hard just to get through. You know, and I was like, can I really run at full speed for a hundred yards again yeah. <laughs> with you know sixty pounds of equipment on my back? Sure. There's a bunch of those. And then there's the the challenge the challenges that are you know there's a moment I have where in, as it as it happened in real life, where Tig, uh says a quick prayer over over uh, Ron's body after he's passed on the roof, and uh, I you know I needed to get that right. Mm-hmm and i was really and the michael kept scheduling it and then we wouldn't shoot it and i think yeah. i went an entire week every day coming to set ready to do it and i didn't get a chance <laughs> by the time we did i was like exhausted <laughs> which which to, to, uh, to michael's credit i think may have been part of his plan mm. you know he he's he, he's known for the action but he actually understands actors incredibly well mm. and what i love about him is nothing was too nothing could be precious you, you had to you had to do your job you know the way these guys had to do their job and and just not overthink it
0: yeah and i think for me you know the obviously the action was difficult but the but uh, what i love about the movie is in, it, during the lulls in the battle there's these the you know all of us have private moments mm-hmm. and and making those uh not precious and 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 interesting you know was 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 challenging but you really good to see who these guys are and when they're you know, weighing out their potential losses or their losses, and, and kind of dealing with their their own selves. Without
2: uh, choosing this one because it might be the easy answer, what is your favorite Michael Bay movie?
8: I'm a big fan of Pain and Gain. Mm. He's hilarious. Good one. And smart. You know, in a, it, it, it's it's great, great movie. I think.
0: Uh, we can't say this one.
3: I love
8: this one. <laughs> no. I, oh yeah. yeah no. I, this one and then Pain and Gain. I, I'm gonna <laughs> go
0: with this one. I know you said that. This one. Absolute pleasure. Hey, hey you guys. Pleasure. Man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Man. Good thanks.
2: Okay. All right. Who's Uh, next? Next is another pairing. Uh, it's Pablo Schreiber, who's Lee Schreiber's brother. Ah, and if you're a fan of Orange Is the New Black, I am. He's Pornstache.
1: Pornstache.
2: And we talk about Pornstache.
1: Is he Does he have the mustache in the interview?
2: Uh, he's got a beard. And my question was, what's more intimidating, a grizzly beard or a fine combed mustache? <laughs> and every girl in that room, like cause they always have their assistants with them and stuff, yeah, yeah. started laughing their asses off. Like I could hear him in the background. It's Like <laughs> I can't believe he brought up Pornstache. <laughs> so yeah. Well, so, you
1: got to when you're that's that show's so huge. You got to talk to him. Yeah.
2: Man. And then uh, and then David. Dinman, who, uh, he was, uh, it's kind of like a weird office reunion in this movie. He played, uh, the guy who was engaged to Pam before Jim, the kind of, oh, a, he, he's
1: a jerk. Yeah. He was a dick. Yeah. Nice guy in real life, but he, oh, he, yeah. he
2: was the dick in the office. It's
1: funny because every time I see him in other things, I can't forget him or forgive him <laughs> for the way he treated Pam. <laughs> <laughs> in the office. It'd
2: be really weird. Just like randomly yelling at him just, in a club.
1: Just sitting there. The so mean to Pam. Just sitting there in the interview, just go, you asshole. <laughs>
4: She was so
2: sweet. She was a good girl. All right. You let her go. Uh, so, yeah, here's these two guys, and uh, let's hear it. It's a pleasure to meet both of you. Um, so how much time do you guys get to spend with your real-life counterparts, and do they give you any advice of, like, if you're going to portray me, this is what I want?
14: Yeah, I think uh, I would say my guy was probably the most like that. He has a very specific sense of humor, and he <laughs> wanted it depicted the very, very specifically. Uh, I, I talked to him on Skype for, I had about five conversations on Skype with him, and then uh, he came to New York for two days, mm-hmm. uh, and then he came over to Malta while we were shooting for, uh, for three or four days. Uh, it was absolutely a wonderful resource to have, obviously, somebody who went through the actions uh, on that night that we're talking about sure. uh, to be able to ask questions and, and, uh, and talk to
11: Yeah, I play Boone, who is uh, the complete opposite of Tonto's (laughs) character. He's very quiet, reflective. Uh, You know, there's a great scene in the movie where he's dancing around with flashlights to LMFAO, and and Boone's reading, you know, Joseph Campbell. It's just like the perfect example of their yin and yang relationship. But uh, they... You know, I didn't. I didn't meet my guy. Uh, he's very reclusive and uh, and wanted to keep his anonymity. But I met a lot of men that knew him and know him very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were incredibly gracious and very open to, to you know ask any questions you want. I mean, about themselves. And you know, I had a little bit more freedom than some of the other guys because mm-hmm. I didn't have a blueprint of uh, you know. I had a personality. I had uh, an energy about this guy that I wanted to tap into. But. Uh, you know it's to me it's also more of a, a composite of these men that, that do this for a living and we mm-hmm. got to spend a lot of time with some some ex-navy seals and contractors and a lot of special forces guys and you know they're just they're men of a different ilk. yeah and it and it for an actor it's incredibly valuable to be able to have that resource to understand the psychology of these guys
2: mm-hmm. do you think it's uh, more inspiring or intimidating or maybe a little bit of both uh, to portray somebody knowing that they're going to watch the film.
11: Uh, I mean, it's intense. I'm, I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. You know, I got the greatest compliment. You know, from the guys last night, they said I watched the movie and you were my best friend. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm, and I've never met the guy so mm-hmm. that's nice to know that that translated. But uh, I, I'm very nervous to see. You know, hopefully he'll watch the movie and hopefully I'll get a chance to hear his reaction. Sure. Right? Yeah, that's To me, that's at the end of the day, that's who you want to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. You're telling someone's life, you want yeah. them to go, okay, you know, you did me justice. For you,
2: uh, do you think it's more intimidating to have a grisly beard, or a fine combed mustache.
4: <laughs> uh,
14: you know, I, I'm not much of a mustache man myself, as you can tell. So I, I would say reaching for the big porn stash was definitely a, a larger reach for me. Uh, bringing things home to the nice trimmed goatee felt yeah. felt more at home. So, okay. uh, I would say I was I was more at home in Tonto's skin than in porn stashes. What would you say is the most difficult scene to film in, the, in this? There were uh, so many. I yeah. mean, it was such an active and physical set. You know, we were carrying around. About uh, fifty to sixty pounds of gear mm-hmm. at all times, and you know, running all over the place. The, the fire scene where uh, the, the <sighs> annex or the compound is on fire, I think, it was a very uncomfortable
11: scene to shoot for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Well, you look at the poster. That's not a. That's not CGI. That's mm-hmm. not you know Photoshop. That's literally you know pyrotechnics, pyrotechnics going blowing on up behind six him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, and I you know, and I'm actually standing just to the left of him or the right of him, and uh, but. You know, it was an intense, the whole thing was intense. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and Michael has a very, a very, uh you know, a lot of energy, and you can see it in the movie, you see it in, a, in the frame, and uh, and he f- shoots quicker than anybody else that uh, I've ever worked with, and probably anybody that's working out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just trying to keep up with him was the challenge, I think, more than just a specific, you know. Lesson.
14: We were often asked to shoot things out of context, or, you know, things we were thought we were going to shoot a week later, he would mm-hmm. pull up. Oh, uh, yeah. For instance, the, the last scene where the convoys rolling up, and mm-hmm. we don't know if they're friends or foe, but, um, and, and they do the jumbo and... And it's a, it's a very difficult, emotional moment. So it was one of the things I had highlighted in my script as, you know, that I, we got to make time for this and this has to be a big moment for me <laughs> as an actor. And then one day on set, you know, he's like, okay, let's go to the roof, let's shoot that last moment. He starts setting up the crane shot and I had about five minutes to wow. prepare for it. So I think that's that's kind of the thing is you just have to be ready at all times to do anything he wants you to do.
2: Awesome, and you mentioned Michael Bay real fast. You yeah. mentioned this; it'd be the easy answer to say this movie. But what is your favorite Michael Bay movie,
14: other than this other movie, than this. which is definitely my favorite Michael <laughs> Bay movie? I would say The Rock.
0: Yeah. Good one. Yeah.
11: I, I mean, uh, I you know I've got a little soft spot for Armageddon because I was Ooh, a kid when a that one. thing came out and it was just fun. There you go. You know. Pleasure meeting both you guys. Nice to meet you as well. Thanks so nice much to meet you. Thanks for your time.
2: Have a great day. Thanks. You too. All right. All right. Uh, next one all right James Badge Dale where do I know that name He where? he's in a lot of TV shows okay. I think um, I, I'm not familiar with him but what I did find out and you'll hear in the interview is that he played hockey for a minor league in Utah <laughs> so he he lived here for a while oh yeah uh, and he like knew it too when I said it I go because I'm from Salt Lake and he's like no way like that, and he starts just like naming things I built a house in Heber or something like that and I ran a marathon in Ogden like he's like beautiful place love everything about it and I was like well, we'd love to have you back. Come on back. <laughs> Come on back for Comic-Con or X or something, dude. He, out of all the... Well, no, because the next one we'll get to him, but the, the two last guys seem like genuinely excited to be there. Cool. So, like, sometimes you can tell you're going through the motions. I get it. All right. But, like, these guys were excited, so here is here James... Here
1: is uh, Utah's own James Magidate. <laughs> 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 That's what I'm calling him from now on. It's a pleasure to meet
15: you. Nice to meet you. What was the most difficult aspect of, in making this production?
4: <laughs> we were
15: just talking about this. <laughs> um, every, every day was intense, and I wouldn't use the word difficult. You know, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a tough shoot, but I like tough shoots, and that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way Michael wanted it to be, that's the way I wanted it to be. John Krasinski, like, we, we, y- there's something to bond over, and um, um, that's, the way the, that's the proper way to tell the story. How much research did you get to do with your character, and, and did you meet family members and whatnot? I purposely stayed away from the family before filming hmm. and concentrated on only talking to guys that he served with. Sure. Uh, it was very important to me to kind of compartmentalize this and tell this story. And then since filming, I've been in touch with his family.
2: You got to work with Navy SEALs and different military members. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure you learned different skill sets. Are there any skill sets that you learned that you think you'll take into the future? and? keep utilizing?
15: I'm so happy you asked that, man, because one of the most amazing uh, 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 skill sets that these guys have is their ability to communicate with other people, hmm. is their ability to kind of cross cultural boundaries, sure. to look people in the eye and and to use this part of them that is this, this big glowing heart, <laughs> man. I saw this firsthand a number of times from a few of the uh, former Navy SEALs. And um, it, it, that's, that's part of their repertoire, man. That's part of their professionalism.
2: Sure. Is there any like first memories that come to mind of just the, like, the intensity and the fun that you guys had on this set
15: making this film? It's all blur. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's a lot. You know, this has been the fastest film uh, I've ever worked on as far as going from pre-production, production, to post-production and release. You know, we, we just came back. Uh, we just finished shooting uh, mid-July. So so what was the term from from pre-production to here how long was the the timeline? They hired me in January. Wow. So technically less than a year. A year. And and we're sitting here talking about the film with that's, the posters. That's intense. <laughs> that, that does not happen.
2: That does not usually happen.
15: I actually read that you used to play hockey
2: for yep. the Utah Valley uh, Golden Eagles. Yes, I did. And I live in Salt Lake City. Oh, get out of here! Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I was wondering if there's anything that you missed about the good old Beehive State. Uh, I
15: I I had such a great time in Utah. Yeah. I Actually, I just went back. I just ran a race up there in uh, Ogden. Oh wow. Uh, a few months ago. Um, uh, uh, beautiful state. Beautiful people. And I had a I had a great time there. And. Uh, <laughs> Also, I worked construction up there, and we built a, a ranch house up in Heber. Oh wow! And uh, I would always, I would always think about going back and getting a house up there because uh, I've never seen um, uh, a more majestic land than the. We'd love to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, Ben. All Appreciate
2: right. it. Cheers. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, last not least, speaking of the office again, Mr. John Krasinski. Jim Halpert himself.
1: Now I forgot to mention to you before you because I knew you're going to be interviewing him. Uh-huh. He was in the running to play Captain America. He was dude the beast. Here's the thing: of these... is he is he bigger than he looks? Oh, I mean, he's well. I mean, on that's, TV. That's my first know.
2: question. First of all, he's six three. Wow. Of these six guys, except for James Badge who's five ten. Yeah. You've got a guy who's six, almost six five, six four, six four, six three, and six zero. Jesus. And five ten. These dudes are big.
1: Big dudes.
2: So, uh, but John. But now speaking of tall. The dude got fucking jacked. Well, I saw movie. it
1: on the commercial. He, yeah. He, I just went, oh, that's Little James. No. Oh, yeah. It is you know. <laughs>
2: there, there, obligatory. I swear to God. I mean, like, because, I mean, he got jacked for this role. But he just walks out, like, shirtless, almost, like, glistening. I'm yeah. like, you know he's like, if I'm doing this, I'm getting my shirtless scene, You know, because it was kind of pointless, you know? Like, there's no reason so for him so to sh- you
4: went
1: with Chris. You went with Chris <laughs> Evans instead of me. I'm going to do this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's fucking jacked. And so we talk about comedic, comedic actors like Chris Pratt. Oh, good. And, um... Oh, Who's the other guy? What's the guy? He did soup. Um, oh, uh, Joel McHale? Joel McHale. He got Jack, too. Oh, he's really? Yeah. And I was like, okay. Everybody's getting Jack. And I was like, man, just you guys go ahead. I'll just. <laughs> Back in the day, I just could be funny. I'll just
1: sit here and be fat and funny. <laughs> you got to be good looking and funny. Damn it. Oh, this is very cool. Miss uh, yeah. Mr. Emily Blunt. John, oh, yeah. John Krasinski. I think he's
2: going to keep it. Keep it up. <laughs> I would. All right, here's John Krasinski. It's a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you too. I've seen this trend now of comedic actors just just getting jacked up and getting all muscly, mm-hmm. and I'm say my wife loves it, so that's fantastic. Yeah. How did you get to you know what was your regimen on doing that? And uh, are you gonna keep it going, or are you ready for a plate of nachos? <laughs> I'm always ready for a plate of
16: nachos. <laughs> uh, no, I, I am gonna keep it going. It was an incredibly difficult thing to do, um, but weirdly not as difficult as I thought it would be. Hmm. And you know, I think getting to the point of you know where I thought I was before, hmm. I, I've always tried to stay somewhat. In shape, sure. um, but somewhat in shape is very different than <laughs> yeah, right. looking like uh, like that. And so, to me, getting there was really hard. But it's something that. You know, when you get in the best shape of your life at age 35, which I was when I shot it, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's something you don't want to just lose all yeah. of a sudden. You know what I mean? You work too hard for it. And uh, and so I'm going to try to at least maintain it and respect it going here on out.
2: Jack De Silva, the one thing you can tell in this film is that he's a family man. Mm-hmm. And being a family man yourself, how did you connect with that character? Well, like you said, I connected hugely. And it was the most powerful
16: part of the movie for me was connecting to him on a very human level because... I think one of the cool things about a movie like this is these guys aren't superheroes. They're Mm -hmm. regular guys who do extraordinary things Mm -hmm. and they choose that, they train for it, they've dedicated their lives to it and that's what we should acknowledge and admire. And so for me, you know, like you said, he's an incredible family man and getting to know him was the most vital part of the process. And as much as I admired him for his military service and what he can do in situations like this, I think I admired similarly if not the, the more how unbelievable he was as a family man mm-hmm. he was so kind unassuming and generous I don't know what I expected I think I yeah. expected the guy to like kooky guy to live on a mountain by himself and <laughs> not talk to people. But instead, what it was was the emotional connection of this is what he puts on the line every single day that he's over there trying to save lives and protect us. And so it really did add a whole new element for
2: me of respect sure. and understanding for what these guys go through. Jeez, you mentioned you got to spend some time with them. How much time did you get to spend with them? And did he give you any advice of, like, if you're going to betray me, this is, this is what I want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
16: No, I think it was completely surreal for him to be played in a movie. I think any of us would feel pretty weird being played in a movie and certainly having the actor come visit you is a weird thing. Um, but again, I never noticed that he had any discomfort with it because he was so kind. Uh, within five minutes of knowing him, he said, uh, ask me anything. Don't worry about how emotional it is. Ask me anything because I want the story to be told. I want it to be told right. So um you know he did see the movie mm-hmm. and uh, I, I definitely truly mean it when i say that no matter what happens with this movie I, I got the best part out of it for me which is when he called me and told me that he saw the movie he really liked the movie It was very difficult for them obviously to see sure and then you know with two words he blew my mind he just said thank you and mm-hmm. i think that that is the reason why we all did this movie which is to finally acknowledge these six guys and what they did on that night because all the politics of the story has really overshadowed what sure. really happened.
2: For you, what was the most arduous scene to film? Well, there was
16: a lot of uh, scenes that were really tough. I think probably the, the the most intense one was there's a scene where there's a building on fire and we go into the fire. That was a real fire. The, yeah. uh, the room was on fire. And um, when we did it, I think I imagined more movie help. Like, yeah. it's not really on fire. And when you get there, it was. And yeah. I mean, I've never felt heat like that, I've never been put in that position, and you do get these instinct uh, instincts kicking in, which is you realize that fight or flight thing is very real, and yeah. you, you get focused and you get tense, and it really helps for the role. So that was probably the most intense uh, scene for me. As a music lover that I know that you are,
2: mm-hmm. what is your go-to karaoke song?
16: My go-to karaoke song? I have several, uh, but I think the one I do most
2: is Enrique Iglesias' Hero. <laughs>
4: That's a good You're one. welcome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, last but not least, uh, you can say this film if you want. It's kind of the easy answer. What is your favorite Michael Bay movie? What is my favorite Michael Bay movie? Yeah. I think The Rock is my favorite Michael Bay, or
16: or Bad Boys. I remember, for me, you know, I loved movies. I also obviously loved a lot of comedy, and for me, that that pairing up of action and comedy, of course, there have been action comedies before, but sure. to me, that was a whole new generation of it, and he he created it. So I, I guess Bad Boys. I'll go with Bad Boys. Awesome. Good to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah. All right. Excellent.
2: All right. That was the... The uh, the cast and then the true heroes of uh, 13 Hours, the secret soldiers of Benghazi. All right, there you go. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Jimmy Martin. Thank you. Next week, uh, the the Coast Guard movie with Captain Kirk. That's what I'm calling it. The finest hours. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks for uh, downloading geekshowpodcast.com. New episodes, always free. New episodes every uh, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Pleased to enjoy.